Maddie Jemison. You get to say whatever you want on air. No, not even a little. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you have to give me one second. I gotta pull the lyrics up. <clears throat> Soderberg, tell him. Soderberg, be in your O. Watching Shape Hearts One and Dose. Watch him crank that Soderberg. Sex lies in video. You crank that Soderberg. You crank that Soderberg. You crank that Soderberg. You crank that Soderberg. Aaron Brockovich and Bubble. Traffic. Laundra Matt full frontal. Out of sight, the underneath. No sudden move. Logan Lucky. Magic Mike K. Wire Contagion. Let them all talk <laughs> and insane. Kafka, Limey, side effects. High flying bird, Schizopolis. King of the Hill and Girlfriend Experience. Behind the game of Labra Solaris and the Informant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much all. That's that's all, all right. I really had prepared. Crank that Soderbergh. Crank that Soderbergh. Are you ready to enter the Soderverse? Enter the Soderverse. So with that, how'd you feel about that intro? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, you know, pretty good. It was good. It was good. <laughs> I, I like. You I liked like, the part the where I started was, naming. The, the thing th- was, you told me in advance that's what you were gonna do, and then I forgot. Yeah, I was hoping you had forgotten. <laughs> But then I was like, oh, man, this is going to be terrible. That it, It's just going to drop in with the <laughs> Soderbergh. Tell him. Soder, crank that Soderbergh. You got to crank that Soderbergh. That's if he's using a hand crank 16 millimeter camera. Kind of like an organ grinder. Kind of like yeah, an organ grinder. happened to organ grinders? Organ grinders? Organ I, don't, I don't have time to get back into this. Do you want to get your water? I noticed that you oh, left it up there. You so should go far ahead away. And do the approach now before yeah. we need it later. I'm wandering. Um, he's wandering. I'm wandering. All right, guys. It's been a long year. So, so long. It's very long. We had a lot of time to watch movies, and yet I still didn't and watch. Yet Danny any. didn't watch all of them, but that's fine, Danny. I, I, we had so we had so much time to watch movies, and yet, and yet, I did not. Sometimes you don't watch all the movies you want to watch. I wanted to watch all the Robert Altman movies. It this is year. unreal. Can I just say, mm-hmm. seriously, seriously, and keep please be real with me. It is. F- Fucking unreal that 2021 is over. Yeah. I was, I just now in this moment, you said it's been such a long year. And I was like, yeah, it's the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then I had to stink for a full second. And I was like, no, wait, this is the end of 2021. Yep. If you said to me, what did I do this year? I couldn't tell you. And I did things. I know one thing you did. What I do? You cranked that Soderbergh. Oh, dude, I cranked one out on Soderbergh. I know. You know it what was I mean? pretty, we were watching Skitsopolis earlier, and it was it was a little foul. Skitsopolis drinking game, but instead, it's every time he jacks off, you have to jack off, yeah, and, you, and you're timing yourself much like him in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot he's doing this. <laughs> he's looking watch. at his watch. It's good uh, stuff. But this year, me and Grant decided to dive head first yes. into the into the. So, uh, yes. Well, we had already agreed we were going to do the oceans episode, and then, yes. and then it kind just, of just it opened up. It was just like, well, man, I already want to see these, so many of these Grant, movies. Grant has Grant has always been, and if, you don't mind me saying, you really are the completionist. Honestly, is, is I, Grant, I like to com- be the completionist sometimes. And Grant will sometimes get on tears of whole filmmakers' filmographies or just pieces of media. I'll need or, to yeah. hunt down every piece of it. And and so he told me he was going to try and do every Soderbergh movie. I knew that it was a little too late to catch up to him because he'd already watched. <laughs> but how many was that even? I no, but you'd all. I mean, like you'd watched more than me already. Mm-hmm. Like 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 possibly. Like I I love the Ocean's movies. I loved 
the ones directly afterward, like Contagion and Informant. But I mm-hmm. had you had already watched like you'd seen Schizopolis before. You'd seen Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Oh, I before. was I was drawn to Schizopolis. Aaron Brockovich was more recent. It's more recent than I thought. That. You said you'd watched Probably. it in high school, or am I wrong? No, not that one. Okay, I maybe watched. Uh, I'd seen Logan Lucky around when it came out. I saw Haywire in high school. I meant I meant to watch Logan Lucky when it came out, but I, it was like, because I was like, that movie looks like it'll be awesome, and then I just forgot. Well, and then I you did watch it. Ladies but, and gentlemen, we'll get into that later, though. But but anyway, Grant wanted to watch all of the Soderbergh movies. I didn't get quite all of them. Uh, I tried to get as many as I could mm-hmm. uh, so that I can, as Grant goes through, he's going to rank every Soderbergh movie. Yes. Now, best, look. Are you going to go worst to best or best to I'll worst? go worst to best. Worst that's to like, best. That's the way to do it. People, I feel like, are going to disagree with these these listings. They're and, definitely they're very subjective. I and, will say that. And any that I have watched, I'm going to give the second opinion on. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my short review after yeah. after Grant. So, Doctor Lamp, I'm sorry, McGill. Doc- please send, please send, put a loud please. beep over that. Grant, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, also, I'm not a doctor. You are now, though. Now I'm Dr. Kolchak, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, his name was Kor- Jeffrey Korchak. Korchak. Not Kolchak. That's the DVD. Yeah, Kolchak is the Night Stalker, which I think I got that over there somewhere. Oh, nice. We have to track it down. Uh, old Kolchak. All right. Yeah, okay. So bringing, in, bringing up the rear. We're going to get right, to it, right into it. Bring up the rear, obviously. The laundromat. Yeah, <laughs> we, the laundromat. We've already railed blocked. against it. It's bad. Not good. Don't. Don't ever do that. Can I be honest with you? Please. I forgot about that movie until just now. And I know we discussed it two days ago, and I still had forgotten it. It's a forgettable movie. If you said, what is Steven Soderbergh's worst movie, I would have been like, oh, that's tough. They're all so good. Because I try to wipe it from my mind every time well, it gets brought up. I'm like, that. Can't, it almost feels like it can't be his movie. It needs to be wiped, because it's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it almost feels like it can't be his movie. It's, it's like... It's fucked up. If That's that... You know what, Grant? Mm-hmm. That's actually one where, as, per our previous discussion, if I watched that movie and you said this is a Soderbergh movie, I would almost not believe you. Yeah, it's kind of shocking. It just feels so wrong. That whole movie just mm-hmm. feels terrible. Yeah, and it just goes against, I mean, I've been kind of pushing this whole, he likes to comment on social issues and stuff. It is all of those impulses at their absolute, in their worst yes. presentation ever. This is This is the... Like Soderbergh, like did three lines of cocaine. He's like, guys, I got a fucking movie idea. We got to do this right now. Like, yeah. no impulse. And it's control. not like he can't do an issues movie, quote unquote. Because I mean, that's what oh, traffic. He, that's what traffic yeah. is. And traffic we'll that is. Later. Uh, no sudden move is. Yeah, but that one it it deceives you into thinking it's about. <laughs> yeah, a, but, but a much smaller. That's what's so nice. That's so good about it. Yes, that's what I think is one of his best uh, traits as a filmmaker. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's usually very good about it. And but but yeah no this this is the this is Soderbergh with with no inhibitions but also no ambitions yes almost wow <laughs> no seriously yeah because no, like, yeah. like I mean we just watched Schizopolis which we'll talk about but that is Soderbergh going I'm gonna be experimental I'm gonna get real weird yes the laundromat doesn't even get there it's no. it is Soderbergh with no inhibitions he's making what he wants but with no ambitions to do anything different hey man I'll fucking say it it's pedestrian it is. It is, I you know Grant, that is maybe the best description of that movie. It is a social issues movie for people who are just too dumb. No, seriously, for people who don't have just the not, not even dumb. They don't have the 
brain power, don't have the effort. Okay, so you're saying to it's, a, understand. it's a quote unquote smart movie for quote unquote dumb people. Yes. Yes. It is it I mean, again, we always bring up the big short comparison, but it really yes. is like it is it is the big short for people who watch the big short it's, went, it's that the big was really confusing. It's the big short's dumb cousin. Yeah. So yeah, that movie is it's, the worst. It's bad. And I don't think I agree much, with that one hundred percent. Yes, I mean I feel like I I feel like most people would agree, but hey, look, uh, please, if you got a different one, bring it up the rear. Please let me know. Right behind it, though, the movie Danny nearly demanded we watch before recording this episode, Full Frontal. It, now, it's listed here as 90 minutes, but it is not 90 minutes. I'm telling you, it's not. I watched it. It's a two-hour movie, Danny. I don't know what to tell you. After this, we're gonna go back to Plex. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit play. You can, and you I wanna I wanna get the time. You can do code. it on the computer behind you right now. Okay. Oh yeah, Plex is open behind me. It should be yeah. Okay, so live review. Here we go. Uh, on Plex. Let's see. Full frontal. Here we go. Full frontal. Full frontal. Hit play. He's hitting. Play. One hour fifty one minutes. Yes, one hour and fifty one minutes. I'm gonna go to the one hour thirty minute mark. Oh, it is good. still running. It's still running. It looks Yeah, terrible. it really is. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know where they're getting 90 minutes. Maybe there was a different cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. I don't know. It's not a now, good movie. Though. Now, again, now again, I would just like to say, in my defense, I said we should watch Full Frontal, and Grant's pitch was, and I'm not saying you forced me to watch Schizopolis. Not yes. what I'm saying. But you said... Watching Schizopolis would be far more worth my time. I think it was. We'll continue. I mean, look, I understand. But nonetheless, I've not watched Full Frontal, so I have nothing to say. I also suggested the shortest movie we could watch, Solaris, which I also think would have been just he look he look now he's rolling his eyes. I, he he no. didn't want to listen to my other suggestions. That's he's making it seem like I was I was propping up because I was that was a kind of a last case scenario. I did not pitch that one. You initially. you brought up Schizopolis. Yesterday too, I brought it up, but I didn't say we should. You watch said it. You, you you said I should watch it. I said you should watch it, but <laughs> let me. Well, to be fair, I also you also said I might leave halfway through Schizopolis to go get food. No, no, like, no, no. I said if you put on full frontal, I'm absolutely <laughs> gonna get up and go get food. Um, well, you just no because you, I said <laughs> I know I, I know I said I might get food at some point, but I got but, sucked in because I love but, Schizopolis. Anyway, let me let me adjust though, and because I, I want to make the same point about Solaris that you did. Do it. I gotta watch Tarkovsky version first. No, you don't. I watched them both now, and I'm telling you, you don't have to. I know, but I don't trust you anyway. <laughs> See, why does no one trust my fucking taste? I'm right. You, no, I, I, I trust. Anyway, I trust your taste. I don't trust There's your guidance on life. Nothing else I need to talk about this about in football. It's okay. not worth your time. The cast is fine. The cast is cool. Uh, they're kind of giving obnoxious performances, but okay. I blame that on Soderbergh mostly. Okay. Uh, I don't think this was a very successful experiment. Jeff Garland basically plays Harvey Weinstein in this movie. Mm. Uh, and David Duchovny, to Danny's May, is not in it very much, which is one of the reasons why you want to watch it. Danny said David Duchovny is his favorite actor. <laughs> which is crazy because I've never seen I, – I, it's just a blatant I can't, lie. Yeah, I, I just was like – I can. this is bad claim. Yeah. I mean, this is why I don't trust him. I don't know why he doesn't trust me, you but I know I don't trust, trust him. You shouldn't trust yeah, him. Yeah, well, good. I don't. Now, up next, Haywire. The Gina Carano action. Another movie. one I've never watched. It's, I feel like that's the movie where you really decide whether uh, or not you've been completely Stockholm syndromed into 
liking this director because like halfway I was like this movie's so boring I do not like it then halfway through I'm like you know yeah Soderbergh's doing some actually some pretty interesting <laughs> things in this one it's actually very interesting and then I found out they dubbed over all of Gina Carano's lines with what is the actress's name from Sex Lies Videotape uh, Stoya her name is Laura San Giacomo uh, pause. Did you watch the girlfriend experience as part of this? Yes. Okay. Of course. Because I because that one's also we have sort to watch of the a girlfriend series. Experience. That one's Steven Soderbergh. Yes, but that one's sort of a series, so I didn't know if you counted it as a film. Well, I didn't watch the series. I watched the movie. Oh, you just watched the movie. Okay, yeah, I just watched the movie. Cool. Because they did that other. You know, yeah, the, but someone else did it. He didn't do that. Amy Simetz did that. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I I got. I thought did he still directed that? He might have produced it, but I don't think he directed or okay, did okay. anything on it outside of maybe producing it. Got it. Cool. Uh, but yeah, Haywire, eh, not that great. But you know, a good cast. I mean, you get to see him with Channing Tatum again. I don't know how you feel about him with Channing Tatum. I think, oh, he's kind of got squinting eyes, like he's. We'll talk not about. Sure. Like, we'll talk about the Channing Tatum Soderbergh movies as we go. I think he's one of the better pairings with Soderbergh. I think he's usually. Oh, Danny's shaking no. his head. This is kind of surprising to me. I like. Here's the worst part. Love Soderbergh. Like Channing Tatum. I don't know if he gets the best performances out of him. I don't know, man. I think it's again. I, I haven't seen know. Haywire. I can't comment. Well, on Haywire. Haywire's definitely the weakest of all three. Well, of them, then, so maybe we, like then, then maybe I stand look, by what I say. Look, Michael Douglas is also in this, and Michael Douglas That's, is another. That is interesting. He's another great Steven Soderbergh uh, collaborator. What else do they do together? He's in Traffic and Behind the Candelabra, Danny. Oh, I forgot, you, Danny. Duh, anyway. he's in traffic. He yes, got nominated he for that. Yeah. Yes. All right. Up next, The Good German. Okay. Look, this movie looks great. It does. It looks so fucking good. It looks great, but the it just this is now that I've watched all these, I feel very confident saying I think he's kind of got third act issues all over his career. Okay. Now there's a period of his career where he's knocking it out of the park with endings. But 2000 Soderbergh. Third but act, I untouchable. Necess- I wouldn't even necessarily agree with that statement, but I, I, I think there are movies where it's better, and movies where there's movies where it's great. He's he nails the third act, and then there's movies where his third acts are not. This that good is the worst thing. third act. This Good now, German is a bad third act. Now, and honestly, it's just not really that good of a movie. Let me say. <laughs> all right, let me let's hear it. Let them talk. Now, I let wasn't Stockholm syndrome into liking Steven Soderbergh. I may have been Berlin syndrome into liking this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up liking Good German. I don't. I don't think I liked it, but I did have the moment that you had with Haywire. And, well, hold up. I will say also, uh, Laundromat. I don't even really want to give it the the. We get oh, sorry, one, stars. Yeah, we get one star. Full frontal, we get two stars. Pretty much every movie, other than that, though, I'm giving like three stars. Laundromat. Really, Laundromat got zero stars from me. I, I see. I don't know if I deleted my star or if I did. no no. I put two stars. <laughs> you put you gave that's, well, that's insane. Uh, look, I don't like giving things one stars unless like it's just. Absolutely... I would give it if if I was allowed to give it zero stars. I'd give it zero stars. That is wow. legitimately the that is legitimately. I feel like the movie maybe in my whole life I feel like has wasted my time. I most. would honestly just rather make. I would just take all the stars off and just have it say I watched something than give something one star. Okay, sure. Because then I don't want to have to like have someone be like, "Well, why'd you give this one star with this thing?" I'm like, the star ratings don't matter. It's no, no, really no, just no, I'm no. keeping this as a log. Well, me. to me, the star rating is how much did I enjoy this movie. For me, star and, rating is like how off, like how level of rewatchability for me personally. Okay, okay, that's but and like, that's, 
But that's the thing. See, I, it, I, it, it's, just, it's malleable. I don't really see, care. See, here's the thing, with. and I understand why you would say that. I would love, I would love the opportunity for somebody to come to me and say, why did you give Laundromat zero stars? Because then I could tell them again, <laughs> on record, how fucking awful that movie Laundromat is. Laundromat is not the best example because I, I can specifically point out, it's less subjective. I could wax poetic on how much I don't like that movie forever. <laughs> well, and I would we, be okay with that. We have, we have though. Uh, good German, I would give three stars. I would give it two. I gave it three stars. <laughs> I give it everything. I'll let you know when we get to four stars, but like, I like most of these. I, movies. He's one of the, he's a great director. I think that the thing about the Good German is, I mean, yes, it's a beautiful movie, just like visually impeccable. Uh, I like how it's not. Uh, I've uh, I am a psycho, as many people have told me, who separates a movie being good from liking it. No, I do that too, though. I can do that too. Eric has told me many times that that's stupid, and I well, and, and I, I don't agree with everything. And I understand Eric his says. argument, honestly. I understand why he says like that doesn't make any sense. Why would you like a bad movie? But also, I don't know. Anyway, but that movie has a lot of things where I sort of like Haywire, where I like where how you felt about Haywire, where I like would watch it. And I'm like, that doesn't really work. But man, I love what he's going. No, the, like, I Toby Maguire being such a piece of shit, playing so I against mean, type. Everyone, every, I love everyone that. cursing so much, like just to kind of like spit in the face of like Hayes Code stuff. Yeah, it's I I appreciate with nearly all these Soderbergh movies, and kind of like what I was saying with Ocean's Thirteen. I appreciate everything he's going for. Sometimes it just doesn't. It's like I couldn't just throw on good German and, all the time. And man, some of the actual like. I like the terrible fight scenes in that movie. I just love. I'm also I you know I'm I'm a sucker for old movies. Mm-hmm. If Jesse's listening to this, that does not mean that does not mean that I like noir movies. That is a different. You don't like noir movies? No, no. Jesse got in a pissing match with me. Jesse is a no. He was honestly Jesse was right. Okay. <laughs> at, so at the end of this, at the end of this argument, Jesse was oh, totally like a real Danny argument. <laughs> at the end of this argument, Jesse was right. Danny dug his heels he was in correct. And Jesse, though, maybe that that are, I sense. said I liked classic movies, which maybe is the wrong answer. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's way worse than... All right, let's just hear yeah. what you have to say. Let's hear what you have to say. What I should say is I like old movies. Yes. I don't like classics. I like old movies. Because uh-huh. the issue is I like a lot of old movies that other people think are bad. Okay. So that's where... Like what? Can you give an example? Like White Zombie or... Like White Zombie, don't they? No. I've I've heard that people like I mean that's like notable for being like one of the first uses of like the zombie thing but like the people say that movie is actually very boring but mm-hmm. um or like I said like I love all Frank Capra's works mm-hmm. and the general consensus in the film community oh, so you, you you like the pacing of like an old movie that some people I feel like have issues with now yeah and and so like when me and Jesse were talking and Jesse was like you said you like the classics and and I was like yeah, I do. And then he's like, "How have you not watched like Double Indemnity or like Maltese oh, Falcon?" Not, well, and like, Danny, Danny, Double Indemnity is a classic. That well, movie is a classic. I haven't watched it yet. You gotta watch. I'm it. I'm not saying it. I don't like it, but so. Oh, I'm, but I'm telling you though, it's a classic though. It is a classic. I know, and I believe you, and it's I believe so Jesse, good, and Danny, you're, and at so the good. end of the day, you. I'm telling you guys, you are right. But my thing was that but I. But I gotta watch shittier movies first. I, said, I have to watch Mute at one a.m. <laughs> And I did. And we did. And again, it was a noir, and I said, eh. <laughs> Well, you're right. Actually, I don't know what that movie was. Well, you didn't watch most of it, so I don't want to well, hear your opinion on what it was I anyway. Still, I still logged it. 
<laughs> you walked in. Well, I had to, you I, didn't I, watch I, it. I had to give context though. After watching it's mostly, Out of Sight and no, Logan Lucky at 1 a.m. That's basically what it says. That's what the review says. I basically just lay out. Grant us. fell asleep. I saw. I, missed, I saw like 30 minutes. Here's the thing. Movie. What? How many stars did you give it? I didn't. I gave it no stars. I gave it no stars. It okay. was mainly to log the experience of us choosing to watch it. At 1 a.m. And then I come to the conclusion that no good decisions are made because after midnight. I was just going to say that <laughs> had you had to had you logged that movie with a star rating. No. I would have forced you to go back and give it one less star than what you gave it. No, no. Because no, you it, somehow it, slept through the worst parts of that movie. I'm glad. And it but was still, still bad. I still woke up and it was very, I hated what, everything I saw. Yes. And you would have hated it more if you'd been awake. I bet. Uh, I, oh, the reviews I read this morning, <laughs> I was kind of shocked. So, but anyway, to go back to what I was saying. We got to watch Warcraft sometime we now. We should though. watch Warcraft. Uh, we honestly, we have to watch that soon. I think maybe we watch all the Duncan Jones movies while you're here. I think we need to fully Cannot, do cannot, no. Not, <laughs> no. Anyway. You don't know. We might. Uh. All I was gonna say Wait about that, rolls around. if I could get to the end of my story, no, is <laughs> is that Danny I, I haven't watched podcast, Double Indemnity, I haven't watched Multi Falcon. I don't like right. the classics. I just like old movies. So in a sense, I was happy with the Good German because it was it was paying homage. It wasn't to like, a classic. It was just like an old yes, movie, exactly. Okay, yes. Because like I. People like it was paying homage That's to how movies I feel about like 70s movies. I, uh, I'll watch any shitty 70s movie just because yeah. it's kind of in the 70s and it's got all the shitty shit. It's got all the zooms. Yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I love things that pay homage to like shitty 70s movies. Like, yeah. like, why well, was like a shitty 70s movie too? Yeah, like, exactly. the, the baseline for that is just. There's just so many. There's just so know. much cool stylistic it can, yeah, stuff. It could be era. just a completely boilerplate movie, but I'm still into it. Just because, yeah, it's still doing all the things that tickle my brain. Yeah, and like I, I do the same thing with like uh, spaghetti westerns. Like I love mm-hmm. spaghetti westerns that aren't directed by good directors. Oh, the yeah. ones that and were like the knockoffs worry. of knockoffs. There are plenty of those. Like death, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remember one time when me and Solomon lived together. I had watched Death Rides a Horse three times. What was it that we watched the opening for uh, on Space Pod? It was a lead, that, lead that was Death Rides a Horse. That's Death Rides a Horse. Okay, that's, yeah, what, I that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I, that's why I knew that opening like by the back of my hand is because I had watched yeah. that movie like three times while I lived in that house. I was like, this movie's awesome. Uh, anyway, but so I like the things that Good German does that emulates some of. I mean, it does pay homage to more classic movies, especially like the the. Uh, uh, was it the Eighth Man, the Orson Welles movie? It's the Third Man. Third Man. Sorry, I'm thinking Ocean's Eight and already. Um, <laughs> We're not even gonna cover that today. The 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 Third Man, uh, and and uh, Touch of Evil, and then uh, sort of things like Maltese Falcon, Double Indemnity. Mm-hmm. But I I also Have you ever just seen the trial. I've not seen the trial, but th- there's that's the those are the movies this movie is more openly paying homage to. But I I personally. Just like the things it does that make it feel stylistically old, mm-hmm. so that's why I would say I enjoyed it at parts, or I at least gave it credit for the things it was doing. I still don't think it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but it was bad in a way that I appreciated a little bit. Yeah, no, look. I would never go back and watch it again. But Same. I, but <laughs> I, when I was watching, I was like, when the credits rolled, I was like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, no, it, look, I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Which is a visual flex. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, like, I, lo- I love it on those merits. Uh, up next, side effects. 
This is a movie I saw in theaters and rewatched recently. Yes, you 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 said many times side effects is the greatest theater experience no, you've ever had. I did not say that. I did not say that. Sorry, that was <laughs> that was you and your uncle <laughs> going to watch Star Wars. Yeah, that, that was a good experience too. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't tell you about when I saw side effects. Did I? <laughs> you you told me that, that you did tell me on a podcast, but go ahead and repeat it. No, I don't want to repeat it. I don't think I would have talked about this on a podcast, and I'm not going to. Uh, okay. No, uh, side effects not good. I don't really remember the movie. Uh, I I've watched it multiple times now, and it's just it yeah. it's just kind of forgettable. But uh, you know, if you ever wanted to see uh, Steven Soderbergh do kind of like a thriller, but also try and take down Big Pharma, this is the movie for you, I guess. Channing Tatum also in this movie. Pause. Pause. Another George Clooney movie I liked. We were talking about this the other night. Is directorials. I did March. I like that movie a lot. That, is nothing, that was a conversation we had off mic. We didn't need to talk Well, you were saying political thrillers. Political <laughs> thrillers is why I brought it up. Okay. All right. Well, okay. That's fine. Anyway, continue. I still think he... Look, George Clooney needs to put, be put in director's timeout. He deserves a spanking. You don't make a movie called well, The Tinder Bar. I would say he does not, deserve a spanking. He does. I'm giving him a loving spanking. You know what I mean? I'm giving you're gonna get a spank. It's gonna be a fucking line of people getting spanks. We're gonna go yeah. down the line. I'm gonna put George Clooney in spanks. <laughs> Look, he probably already is in spanks, to be completely honest. Uh We're I'm moving on. I'm though. pro George Clooney as a director. Continue. Look, that's cool. Uh I guess now I need to check in with Channing Tatum's performance on side effects. It's fine. There's really not much to write home about. Jude Law's in it. Jude Law's gonna come back later. Jude Law has yes. better performances. Uh Catherine Zeta Jones. She's in this. She I forgot how much I loved Catherine Zeta Jones until I rewatched Twelve. She's great. Why? Yeah. yeah, she's great in Twelve. She's great in uh, she's in Traffic, yeah. and she's also I rewatched Intolerable Cruelty on my uh, Coen Brothers. Oh picture. yeah, she's yeah. great in that as well. She's and just awesome. She, she's one of those actresses. I mean, I, I know she's still working. She's fucking Catherine Zeta Jones, mm-hmm. but she's one of those people who I feel like that Hollywood has moved on from very unfortunately. Yeah, because she was just so fucking. She was I'm, such a powerhouse there for a little while. No, she's yeah, awesome. It's, it's a shame how much less of a shelf life actresses have compared to actresses. I mean, literally, like, yeah. you just, George Clooney. We well, were talking but, about George Clooney. But, I mean, like, even, like, like I think that the issue is that, that it's always the transition period. Like, Meryl Streep has a shelf life because she transitioned to doing this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now she's, the you know, in things like um, Into the Woods and, and yeah. things like Laundromat. Whereas I feel like that transition of, like, when an actress is in her late 30s, 40s, and then is well, going to Well, there's less 50. parts. I think that's well, the whole thing is there's less parts. Well, also, I th- there is less parts for sure, but I also feel like a lot of, not just actors, actors, too. I mean, definitely mm-hmm. guys have, a, I mean, I feel like it's easier for guys a little bit, but even for actors, it, there is a little bit of a, like, no, I still want to be the leading, leading man, and it's like, sorry, you're the father character now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I feel like so many actresses, don't make that well, transition. Never got an act. Like I think Meryl Streep at least she almost got grandfathered in because she got so many Oscar nominations just when she was young too. I don't know if Catherine Zeta Jones had necessarily that yeah, kind I of awards push to keep her at least in the minds of these people who were casting things. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, like, I, on a larger scale. But yeah, I mean, like, but I think like Helena Bonham Carter has done it. As I said before, Angelica Houston mm-hmm. has done it. But where they're like, more character actors than she was, or especially Helen Bonham Carter in particular. Sure. Yeah. Jill Houston does more character actory things, but she's also now, born now into sure. the into Hollywood. That's true. But I just I just wish I 
No, I look. I wish. And, and Jennifer Aniston. I, I think honestly, Jennifer what we're Aniston saying is, is that the, we just wish Catherine Zeta-Jones was in more movies yeah. still, and I agree with that. Well, and I just wish honestly, and it's so weird to say this. I just feel like Catherine Zeta-Jones is a better actress as an actress than people mm-hmm. give her credit for. No, definitely. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, how is it that? And I'm not shitting on Jennifer Aniston but by any means. But like Jennifer Aniston and like Kirsten Dunst had like longer careers after their like leading lady period mm-hmm. and it's kind of insane to me Chris well, Dunst also has to do the character actor thing but that's the thing do you I really mean, think she was a character she uh, does now she doesn't say she I'm does now. now i i wish somebody I think Catherine Jones maybe just isn't doesn't want to do maybe the she doesn't want thing. to maybe maybe that's it maybe she doesn't want to when you have to i don't know yeah yeah i don't know because i i honestly feel like if you and, and i know that this is way earlier in her career but if you gave Catherine zeta jones a hey, we want to do a movie like Monster, where we just play you totally against type. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe she'd do it. Or maybe yeah. Like that's what I want from her because she's such a phenomenal actress. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the people just man, they just don't put her in enough stuff where she has a chance to do things besides be hot. Yeah, it's a bummer. Anyway, continue. Look, it's a shame. I'm a Catherine Zeta Jones defender. Yes, he is. And I'm here and I will defend her. The Catherine Beta Jones. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Danny. All right. Moving on. Kafka's next. I haven't watched Kafka. Kafka. I was I was just gonna say before you get to do your review. Mm-hmm. Again, was sh- oh, I thought Kafka was a much smaller production. And then today I reread the cast list and I was like, wait, this is a huge production. What yeah. The fuck. Well, there's big name people. It is. Or yeah, yeah. I guess you say it's it's a it's prestige. Kinda, it's a prestige production. It definitely is like sex life. If sex life and videotape is like the independent thing where he kind of gets his name out there. Yeah. They definitely gave him a lot more money. There's a lot more money on the screen now, and he, he's getting mm-hmm. to. I mean, he made the creative choice to have most of the movie be in black and white. Uh, everyone has a different accent. Not in a good way necessarily. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's got big actors. Jeremy Irons in this. Uh, Al Guinness is in this. Yeah. Uh, I know we re-edited mm-hmm. this this year. I it was hard to track this movie down too. I couldn't find it most places. They were rent. You could rent it on Amazon. Yeah. But it was like an SD. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope they released a restored version at some point. I know you're supposed to put out a box set with some yeah. of these movies, but I haven't heard much about that this year since they announced that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kafka. Yeah, it's cool. Stars? Uh, three. I'll let you know when we get into four stars. So okay, I, so everything going for like three. a tier, yeah. I have the bottom two at two, and mm. then... Okay. After Kafka, we have High Flying Bird. Okay. I mean, it's good. I liked it. I thought it looked really nice for a phone shot movie. Sure. It looks better than Unsane does, I think. I mean, I think there are newer phones by this point, but... I think he just kind of figured out. I don't know. A clean. Uh, it looks a lot cleaner than Unsane does. Unsane, and maybe that's slightly intentional on Unsane's part. But I, Unsane looks kind of slightly amateurish. But I think it's kind right. of because they're trying to figure all that stuff out still. Yeah. But we're not here to review Unsane right now. We're we're here to review High Flying Bird. Danny, two your stars. thoughts on High Flying Bird? Two stars. Uh, I said this before. I don't. It it is so. There is something from a performance perspective that really bothers me about this movie. Mm-hmm. It is like, uh, they don't talk normally. Mm-hmm. And I know that like Steven Soderbergh is not a, like a, like a strict, like realist 
director. But, but it's weird because the more he's moved into, I feel like his more recent round of movies, he has kind of at least tried to. I mean, he's doing the whole natural light thing. I feel like he's trying to, in some ways, and that's manufacture. maybe why this felt so fucking terrible. Was that like this all felt pretty natural, like like natural lighting that you know it felt very grounded. The story was really grounded. Mm-hmm. All of the acting was so weird, and it felt. I said it felt like a community theater production, the way mm. some of the performances felt. And I, I just mean that seriously. Like I don't even mean it seriously. It's just kind of... <laughs> it sounds damn, harsh. Damning criticism of but, it, yeah. Uh, like, it's... It reminds me of... So, like, when, when I used to, like, help do, like, like, help people learn acting, which is, like, a terrible thing for me to do because I... I'm not a great actor, but I guess but you're I have a really good teacher. Some expect some some thing some experience directing is mm-hmm. like you know when like have you, have you ever read a script and there is like a line that ends with a dash like somebody's cutting you off yeah and they tell you like don't stop yourself you are waiting to be interrupted yeah don't anticipate it this whole movie was everybody already knowing what the next person was gonna say mm-hmm. and so they would like stop themselves and then you would be like like it was just so obvious mm-hmm. that everybody it was like everybody had just read the script for the first time before they filmed this or what? that somebody was holding up cue cards off screen that's the difference between theater and film though sometimes that is how things are filmed <laughs> or they, yeah but i'm saying like none of these other I, it, none of the other movies feel that performance bad performance thing as opposed to yeah like I don't know you, yeah, yeah, you I think still, that, it doesn't change that necessarily but the movie looks competent it looks good. I mean, for an iPhone movie, it looks great. And I actually love the storyline of it. But all it's it's just the performances are so fucking bad, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, just like every single... And I'd start to get back into it. I'd start to get back into it because when they're monologuing, sometimes I felt okay. Mm-hmm. But then, like, every conversation felt so weird. It did not feel natural. It felt odd. It felt like... Yeah, like a, just a community theater production of of material that the actors didn't yeah. understand. Well, look, that's interesting you say that because the the movie I have next, yeah, I feel like is kind of the antithesis of what you're saying. It's a let them all talk, which is literally just Someone kind of feels it. like you're just watching actors. These actresses just have conversations with one another, yeah, in a very natural kind of way, in a way that doesn't feel super performative. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely, for a lot of people, they saw it as like a complete like these actresses are just killing it. They got all we got to see some nominations this year for this movie. I don't think this is ever going to be the kind of movie to necessarily no. get awards uh, traction. It's really, really low key. Like it's literally just mm-hmm. Lucas Hedges and three older actresses on a boat hanging out. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasant time though. You, okay. will, you will enjoy yourself. Uh, it's not too stressful necessarily. Lucas Hedges was in this. He's yeah. the like kind of male lead, I guess. The male lead, but also I think supposed to kind of be like the audience surrogate sure, kind of because yeah. he's just a younger person, and you're kind of like he's like learning from all these women. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. It's it's a good movie. Okay. Uh, not my. It's not not flashy, very low key, but uh, it's it's nice. It's nice. It's a pleasant, pleasant movie. Pleasant time on Big Boat, I believe, is my full review on Letterboxd. Nice. Uh, so, following that up, I got the two Shea movies. Uh, part two and then part one. Okay. So, uh, part, part two is worst. I wouldn't even one. say worst. It's just doing a different thing than part one, and I enjoyed what part one was doing more than part okay, two. Okay, that's fair. 
But part two, they're both very good movies. Benicio del Toro is amazing in both of them. Uh, it's kind of shocking how different part one and part two are. Do you know like any of the differences at all? No. One is like almost all in widescreen, and it's like oh, all super this, big yeah. wides, and then they're also like cutting in like his time in America and all that's in black and white right. and stuff, and like that's like him being interviewed, and then it's cutting back to the flashbacks of the revolution. That's all in widescreen and stuff, and it's super nice. Part two's him in South America, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like all HD, but it's like it fills the whole screen. It's yeah. like not. Uh, super like cinema scope or anything right right uh and it's just a little less i feel like it it feels the scale is smaller on the second one because i mean it's not the victory by any means it's the right the winding down of his his guerrilla career uh, it it, it so. i know that it's not because i haven't watched this movie but it i guess the first thing jumps my mind is the uh it's similar gimmick to grand budapest where they do the three different aspect <laughs> ratios. The first one, uh, uh, slightly, yeah. It yeah. definitely kind of feels like that when they're changing like the format and everything. That's something he loves to do just in his movies in general. Yeah, he likes uh, to play with format a lot. He loves to play in format. And that I watched an interview on one of the movies we'll talk about later where uh, they had concerns about just like the different qualities of all the things. Like, uh, well, I'll talk about when we get there. Well, I'll, right. I'll talk about when we get there. Shay is good. Shay is very good. Uh, I like that movie. I, when I watched them, I was kind of sick. I kept like waking up and falling asleep, having to rewind and stuff. It felt like I was I had lived through the entire uh, nice. that entire year stretch of his whole life. It was it was pretty wild. And I was also I was coughing. He's coughing. He has asthma. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard. You know, Grant Tartos already had COVID. At. Is what he's telling us. I did not have COVID. Early. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Okay. It may have been a COVID scare, but that was a while ago. When I, uh, when I watched it, that was a while ago. And speaking of getting sick, we got Nexus Contagion. Oh, yes. Now, I don't know exactly what number we're at in the list, but we're getting closer to like the halfway point of, of all the movies necessary. Oh, so this is underneath the halfway point for you? Yeah, probably. But okay. still, I like all of them. I just don't know how much I was ever even going to really enjoy this movie watching it. After we've <laughs> lived through a pandemic, I think there's only so much actual satisfaction I could have gotten from this sure. movie because I was it did just kind of stress me out to watch it, even though it's well made. I saw a lot of people like reviews from the time making fun of Jude Law's character. Oh yeah, and they'd be like, "That's just ridiculous. That's not how people." And yeah, nobody would, would act do this. this. Yeah. And it's just like it's literally tame. It is so it is, tame compared to like how the it's actual neutered Alex how, Jones. It's insane. It's crazy. And I have the exact. Well, sorry, what's your star rating? You said three. I would three. Yeah, yeah. And the cast is all great. The cast is amazing. I, I love everyone in the cast. Second opinion. I have the exact opposite reaction. Watching this movie, I liked it the first time. The first time I watched, it, I'd give it a three. It probably a four. Mm-hmm. Giving it a four and a half now. After after watching this movie, I it was so crazy seeing a movie, and and it, I, I think maybe I would have enjoyed it less had I watched it. March of 2020. No, I agree. I would have fucking had a panic attack if I watched it then. It's just like this was. It was a good movie. It was well made. I enjoyed watching it, but like I'm never gonna want to watch this again. It's just gonna remind a, me of this time. But this thing is like I think that watching it now, like end of 2021, when I mean, like, look, the pandemic's not over, but like we had like a decent summer and like you know people were vaccinated. We sort of weren't in the early stages of like what the absolute fuck is going on here. Mm-hmm. Um. It was weird watching a movie that felt so prescient, like 
but I is it was in a way that now I understood that movie more, mm-hmm. and maybe I didn't enjoy it in the like, wow, what a great thriller kind of way. I enjoyed it in that way. It's just like I just don't want to watch this again. It just sort of remind me of how to, to me I was. it was it was way more of a like, oh holy shit, like. I actually can empathize with this a lot. And it was actually, it was out. It was, I don't want to be like, it was a moving experience, but that maybe is the best thing mm-hmm. I could say is like, it, it, I don't, this is what jumps into my mind, which is terrible. It's like watching Soul Surfer before and after losing a limb. It's like the first time you watch it, you're like, weird drama to make a movie. But then about. once you lose your first limb, you're but like, then, but then when, really, well, when really... you lose your, but then when you lose a limb, it's like, this is it whether or not you want it to this is going to affect you in a in a really strong way and the fact that it got so much right is so was it was hard to watch sometimes but honestly I will watch this movie again okay well hey look 4 out 4.5 4. out of 5 stars 4.5 out of 5 stars for Danny 3 uh, star, 3 stars for me uh and you said it was a moving experience but you know what is not a moving experience is when you're stuck in traffic oh yeah and uh, next up is traffic yes uh, you know, man, for a movie that is basically, yeah, just like an, a look at the war on drugs. And I just, when you read that as a synopsis, I'm like, all right, how good can this be? But, you know, it's, it's good. It's it's pretty good. It's a good ensemble drama. Uh, I didn't necessarily get, like, super bored by one of the stories compared to all the other stories. I, I found them all relatively interesting. I think it's mm-hmm. a great Cliff uh, Martinez score. Uh, one of my favorites of any of his scores, Soderbergh or non Soderbergh, uh, and look, there's a lot of great, a lot of great scenes to showcase a lot of actors that I love. Honestly, they, they yeah. got a lot of great, great highlights, and and then there's also Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Topher here. Grace. Awesome. Uh, Soderbergh mainstay. Topher Grace. So glad that he's in an actual movie now with Soderbergh instead of just being in <laughs> yeah, the Ocean's well, movies. He's still a little shit. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see Traffic or no? No. Well, it's pretty good. Benicio Del Toro's pretty great in it. Yeah. As always, he's mm-hmm. one of the best Soderbergh collaborators. Probably so. I would agree with that. Are you ever going to watch Traffic, you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've talked about uh, everything that's underneath it, let's talk about The Underneath. Okay. Now, <laughs> The Underneath is a, it's a remake of a movie called Crisscross. Cross. I didn't uh, even know that it was a remake. It's a remake. Uh, now, there's a he's going for a really, really, really intense visual style that was probably... Uh, it seems like that was what he was super focused on. I think he's expressed frustration that he didn't really like how the movie like cuts together. Sure. And it cuts together a little weird because he's like trying to do like... He's trying to like pick up, tell everything kind of a little non-linear... Linear, linearly. Oh, and uh, he's trying to like differentiate everything with like super distinct visual styles, kind of like in traffic, but it's just kind of confusing. Uh, right. There's some good things though. William Fickner is in here. Is that you know that guy? Mm-mm. I know he played uh, the bad guy in one of the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, but he's also in a movie called Wrong that I really like. Uh, I've not seen any of the movies you just mentioned. I've well, not watched any of the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle stuff. Or- neither have I. And look. I know, I know. I can hear everybody on in their car right now. It's Jonathan. It's a Jonathan Liebesman. Those are both Jonathan Liebesman movies. Get off my fucking back, okay? I didn't even know that. Uh, look, I, just, didn't, I thought he did direct. This those. is William uh, Victor. Oh yeah, yeah he's a, he's in a lot of things. He's one of those character actors. 
Uh, he's a bad guy, though. He plays a guy named Tommy Dundee. He's good. Uh, Peter Gallagher is the main guy. Oh, yeah. And he's Peter like Gallagher. a Soderbergh mainstay, especially those early Soderbergh movies. He's in yeah. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Uh, look, my favorite, Paul Dooley. Mm-hmm. Freaking Paul, Paul Dooley, Dooley from the Robert Dooley. Altman movies. He's wimpy. He's wimpy in the Popeye movie. You know what? Now that I think about it, I guess he Soderbergh pulls a little bit from Altman cast. He loves just 70s actors. He yeah. casts 70 actors all the time. Yeah, interesting. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And uh, I don't really have much more to say about that one. I know Soderbergh's kind of disowned it, but I think it's better than he gives a I think. I think... I, I have an interesting when we get when we get to the movie I want to talk about I want to talk about early Soderbergh kind of in general because I think it's an interesting okay the girlfriend experience is next okay now this, shout out Stoya I talk about a nonlinear narrative this movie is just literally just kind of just scenes completely out of order mm-hmm. but not it is an order there is a sense of order but it is all just kind of at random parts of this is the movie that most reminds me of Schizopolis that's interesting. It is definitely as, uh, I mean, they're both of their narratives are kind of just like blipping. Yeah, like in there's like there's enough of, of a of, there's enough of a narrative that you don't feel like it's just shit happening. Yeah, but then it never, it's yeah, it's not a really a narrative film though. It's, mm-hmm. it's still an experimental film. I don't, I don't yeah, know, it's weird. But it's good. I look talk about. I feel like these performances are pretty naturalistic. I don't want to give this one a star rating. I watched it when I was in ninth grade, mm-hmm. so I I don't remember enough mm-hmm. that I want to give a commentary on it. But I I do remember I remember liking it at the time. He's just doing his thing, man. He's doing social issues because he's got like all the real estate guys or whatever going to Vegas on like DV cam, like just talk about the real estate market and stuff. And he's like cutting all that with like online sex work and yeah. stuff. It's just. It's very. He's a, this guy's fascinating. Soderbergh yeah. is a fascinating guy with what he chooses to make his movies about. Uh, next up, Unsane. Yeah, I have not watched Unsane. Mm. I chose instead to watch High Flying Bird. Probably a mistake. Well, I mean, they're both three star movies in my opinion. Okay. But uh, Unsane, you're getting you're getting the genre element. Claire Foy's really good in it. Uh, I thought Jay Farrow was awesome in this. I, really I like love him. Jay Farrow. In well, general. you'll probably like this then. Jay Farrow gets a pretty meaty role. Interesting. In uh, I wasn't... I don't know. It's not even a long movie. It's 98 minutes, but even... I don't know. He's had shorter movies. I feel like maybe this could have been a little bit shorter. And honestly, one of the absolute most confounding en- endings of any movie I've ever seen. It ends like on a such a weird freeze frame. And it's... It, it almost feels like it was a comedic free. Like it feels comedic to me right. that it would end the way it ends. Uh, it's it's bizarre, but it's still a good movie. Good performances. Uh, first thing shot on an iPhone. First of his shot on an iPhone, and yes. I I think it still looks good. But it definitely I don't know. I think High Flying Bird looks a lot better in comparison to this. Okay, but it's, it's genre. You, you can probably get he could get away with it. All right, above that I got the informant. I just want to say, all right, this is a this is an interesting thing. I had pulled up a random, random famous film directors generator. Okay, because I because oh, we're gonna be picking the next. Yeah, we're gonna be picking the next one, and I I had an idea of who I wanted mm-hmm. already, uh, but I was just curious. I was like, I wonder if there's anybody I forgot about. Mm-hmm. I hit generate. The very first result included Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. 
And your your boy Ridley's down there. Yeah, Ridley Scott was another possible choice of mine, but I, I decided not to go with that one. Interesting. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, next up we got the informant. I'm just gonna list off a few things I like in this, and then I'm gonna let Danny take over because I think Danny likes this movie I a lot like more than movie. I do. Uh, great Marvin Hamlish score. I believe it was his last score before he died. Uh, the narration, the the idea of having, I don't know. I thought the narration was very very clever in this movie. Uh, even though now the more I've thought about it, it is kind of just like an unreliable narrator. That's not necessarily the most groundbreaking thing in the world, but uh, I do I did like the the reveal that uh, Matt Damon was pretty much an unreliable unreliable narrator yes. the entire time. Uh, I love that he filled out the cast with a bunch of random comedy people. That's very that very was pretty fun. Good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Danny, do you want to do you want to tag in here? I mean, I, I said it before. I feel like the informant is what the laundromat sh- tried to be mm-hmm. in a in a in a way. Um, it. I feel like the difference being what well, what makes the informant better is it has a better grasp on how it's trying to convey the information it's talking about, mm-hmm. and also that we do have an unreliable narrator in a weird way. And I guess they do sort of like, I guess sort of it, the way it, there's a bit of a twist at the end and how it's just like describing the story you just heard and like who's telling it. But I just feel like the thing about the informant is that the narrative is so much more clear. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Like, well, and then part of though that is that we're following most, one guy. We have a much, yeah. and I think some may argue that Meryl Streep is supposed to be that character in our, and that's what I think doesn't work. Or maybe some people would like to try and argue that uh, Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas are the people you're yeah. supposed to be following because they are kind of narrating and guiding everything. But the fact but, that you can have an argument about it is, like, yeah, the fact that you can have an argument, it's it shows that how important it is to have a clear uh, guide in these uh, types I, of movies. I, I like this. That's movie. what makes Big Short honestly so much impressive. More impressive because it's juggling the four different narratives yeah. and still explaining the whole situation to you without you feeling super overwhelmed about everything. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like this movie. I also think, you know, look, you already look. said that Channing Tatum is, I think, maybe Matt Damon is the best Soderbergh oh, collaborator. I absolutely don't think he's the best. I, I could understand you saying he's one of the best. I'm not even really that crazy about Matt Damon, though, so maybe I'm a little biased, but I don't think he's Here's the a, best by any means. No, no, means. no. I'm with you. I'm not crazy about Matt Damon. Uh huh. I think that's why he's so good is because there is never a Soderbergh movie I watch where I'm like, Matt Damon annoyed the fuck out of me in this movie because he does uh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, but I I don't know. Just him not annoying the fuck out of me doesn't make me want to say he's personally it doesn't make me want to say he's the I, best. I always watch his movies with Damon, and I always go like, damn, Matt Damon did a good fucking job in this movie. Which is crazy because so many movies with Matt Damon in them, I don't like. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know that, and and I and look this was this was the period where I guess excluding the Good German, which I already said that I probably liked more than I should, but where I just felt like everything Soderbergh did was really in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't watched Solaris, but you said that it was good. Yeah. Um. And then all three of the Ocean's movies, The Informant, and then. The informant was 2009. I think he's giving, and then I mean, Contagion was 2011. They're different types of performances, but I think that's the deepest performance he gives in any of the Soderbergh movies is Solaris. I think, with Damon? No, no. Clooney. Clooney. Okay. I just wanted to say that. Okay, yes, that's fair. Um, you brought up, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, I, I would agree with that. Uh, 
or sorry, you I wouldn't agree it. with that. I haven't seen it, but I was saying I I understand the statement is more yeah, of what yeah, I yeah, should yeah, be saying. Yeah. I don't feel like Out of Sight or any of the Oceans movies are particularly deep. Oh no, character yes, movies. Yes, yes, is what no, I, I don't. Saying. Um, but I feel like uh, the informant. Uh, it's it's just it's hard to not look at it in the from what I would look at it and say like this is right in the middle of Soderbergh in the best shape of his career mm-hmm. and just much like I get the same satisfaction from the oceans movies of, I start to watch a movie and I think right when I think I know what it's about you, it pulls the rug out from under you, not in a way that invalidates everything you've seen, mm-hmm. but in a way that makes you go, Oh, I should watch this movie again. Yeah. And actually pull something else from it, mm-hmm. which I think is what Soderbergh in that period was so good at. I think if I was having to try and pick a best collaborator, for me, it kind of falls down more to someone like Don Cheadle or Benicio Del Toro. I understand arguments for both those guys. Just because they've been on... Yeah, I, I understand I understand you saying about Damon. Yeah, but. It's, it's more just what Soderbergh can get out of Damon is something I don't think I've seen another director get out of Damon. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like... I watch Benicio Del Toro in movies, and he's always good. Like that's true. Like, because he's just an awesome actor. That's and true. That's he true. Always, I, 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 I understand where you're. I completely get where yeah. you're coming from. That's a so. good. That's a good argument for it too. So because it made me think for a second. Well, maybe, but no, I don't. Yeah. I don't feel that way. But I, 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 and then Don Cheadle is look. The man's a legend. What am I going to say about Don? The man's looked Don I can't even so say that Soderbergh good, pulls man. the best performances out of him because I think Soderbergh I think he just sometimes knows, per- doesn't on purpose. I think he just knows where to put him. He knows yeah, the role he, to he, put him he in. He absolutely knows how to cast him. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, this is also good, man. Like I hate ranking them just because I like them all and everyone should just go watch all of them to, yes. regardless of the order. And I will, I that's why you in. said, will, will I watch? I will. I'm going to watch all of them. All right. Well. You should start getting ahead before you get behind the candelabra, because uh, that's up next. Talk about a wild Matt team performance. I, this, I, I haven't watched behind the candelabra. And a wild, honestly, Michael Douglas could lay claim to maybe one of the, being one of the best Soderbergh collaborators. Understood. Absolutely insane. It was, he gives the most. He he gives a a performance that harkens back to his '80s sex creep performances awesome but he's lying as an old man trying to seduce a matt damon that we're supposed to believe is 17 years old yes that is so f- it's can, demented can i can <laughs> i tell Soderberg, you the funniest like, thing Soderberg wanted to retire on this movie what a fucking menace what is wrong with it It would have been so bananas if he had ended his, his career on behind the candle okay so here's what i want to say about this movie which is i i haven't watched it but this is something i've got to say because i keep Please. bringing up i keep bringing up the mark Marin interviews with Soderbergh collaborators recently. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what happened or what like. I think it was just a, a con- convergence of things. And the in this year, Marin has talked to Clooney, um, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Soderbergh. All- has Ben Affleck done anything with Soderbergh? No, I think they just know each other, probably through Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. But they, anyway, so every time he's interviewed somebody, they end up talking about Soderbergh, and then he ended up interviewing Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. The entire Matt Damon interview, he kept he kept going, man, and fucking behind the candelabra. That movie's awesome. <laughs> it is, dude. It maybe his funniest movie. And, and I and, honestly think Behind the Candelabra might be Steven Soderbergh's funniest movie. It was just so funny because. Because of the it fact was the last that, like, one I watched, by the way, too. That was how I wanted to end it the way Soderbergh 
threatened to end his career. That's by, awesome. By watching behind <laughs> the candelabra last. But it was just really funny to to see um to see Mark Marin, like like clearly Matt Damon was trying to talk about <laughs> the last duel with Ridley Scott. <laughs> That's or, why the movie did so bad at the box office. I heard, and, is because as Mark Marin would rather everybody watch <laughs> behind the yeah. candelabra. Well, yeah, look, that did huge. It was actually number three at the box office last week. Behind the candelabra, <laughs> a movie that was never released in theaters. So weird. <laughs> Uh, anyway, awesome movie though. Rob Lowe's hilarious too. The plastic surgeon Dan <sighs> Ac- Dan Aykroyd is Liberace's manager. Yes, this is great. It's great. It's look. It's awesome. It. Some people I feel like have dinged it for being kind of like a TV movie, but I don't know, man. No one doesn't like Soderbergh, man. No one doesn't like Soderbergh. Some might even say he's the king of the hill, which is my next movie that I'm picking. King of the hill. Okay. King of the bar, hill. Bar, 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 bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's about a kid who lives in a hotel during the Depression era. Uh, he kind of shits on this movie, too. I feel like he kind of thinks it was a failure. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty cool, to be honest. Kind of like the vibes of hanging out in a, a hotel during the Depression era. Yeah. Hotels seemed really nice back then. Thoughts? Of the Depression era? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. Would you ever? What about playing marbles? Do you ever consider playing marbles? I played marbles. Well, what do you think? That's fine. All right. Well, I uh, get along with this kid in this movie. I uh, there's a weird, weird depression era things. There, I was uh, I was listening to the Always Sunny podcast. Uh huh. And they talked about. I like how how short those episodes are. They're thirty minutes. Yeah, it's great. Perfect. Um. Not like Anyways. us. Uh, <laughs> but they were talking about how they found Charlie's apartment in the Barclay Hotel, which are like used to be this great Depression era, you know, like beautiful, luxurious hotel. And now mm-hmm. it's a real piece of shit. And it's just disgusting inside. And the area around it is super awful. Mm-hmm. Barclay Hotel is across the street from my office. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it is. That area does suck. Yeah. So. Nice. Gotta love that. Anyway, sorry. Uh, look, and this is the first time uh, Steven Soderbergh collaborated with Spalding Gray. Which yeah. That's going to be a through line with these the next couple of movies. As you might noticed, might have noticed, none of the Spalding Gray movies have even been on the list yet. Yes. I like Spalding Gray a lot. I'm going to let everyone know right now, it, it has affected the rankings. He showed up and he showed out, quite Boy. frankly. And... Uh, if you don't like it, you can shove it. But if you don't like it, you love it. To, to, to quote Rivers I like Cuomo. It. I love it. I want some more of it. You want some more of it. And I'm willing to give you more of it. In fact, uh, don't know, make no sudden move so I can get it for you. Because that's the next one. Whoa. No sudden move. I'm making sudden moves. <laughs> A co-lead between what I just... Two people I just said were maybe his best collaborators. Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro. Toro, yeah, kind of, kind of awesome. And he brought Brendan, he brought Brendan into the fold. Brendan Fraser's so good in this movie. Great, great role in this movie. Absolutely loved him. Uh, Matt Damon's great in this movie. What a funny, yes. what a fun for, little for, and, and, Can I say the weird thing about the Matt Damon cameo? It's so long; it really shouldn't be a cameo. No, yes. he's uncredited. Well, you also got David Harbour too, though. You yes, got uh, David you got Harbour's Ray awesome in this movie. Turning up, Amy Simons, the showrunner of a. Uh, the girlfriend experience. Yes, she's here. And uh, so, so you, oh, what's her name? Uh, the isn't the the. Am I wrong? Is the person not? I thought the person. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Julia Fox from Uncut Gems. She's yes. in this, and Frankie Shaw from Smilf. I, I give this movie a four out of five. I would give it a four also. Let me see, actually. Awesome. When did we switch over to fours? I think we switched to fours uh, on Behind the Candelabra. Okay. So everything since then has been a four. It's pretty... Big fan of the four. Yeah, they look, and it's pretty lucky for them. In fact, uh, Logan Lucky of them is Logan Lucky's next. Okay. We're also we're in the top 15 now, by the way. Oh, hell yes. We've entered... The top 15. That's so many movies. We've entered the inner sanctum. Welcome. Joe Bang is here to greet you. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Bang Brothers are here. It's awesome. I like this movie. It's got issues. But the highs of this movie, it's hard for me to deny. And yes. like we've said, and I, I look, if anyone else made this movie, it would maybe be maybe their best movie. But yeah. because Soderbergh oh, is like literally, I got to kick it all the way down to it's, the halfway point. It's it kind of ridiculous. So it is. I have to nitpick this movie. It's 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 you know, it's like I'm trying to think of a, of a good comparison. Imagine, oh, this is a terrible comparison, but now I have it. Mm-hmm. Imagine if any other rapper had made Yeezus. You'd be like, this album's pretty crazy. And I really like it. But then it came off of, the, you know, Danny, beautiful I'm sorry. dark twisted fantasy. But so you're just like, Yeezus what? is better than my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I'm, I honestly agree with that. But okay, then what but, do you say? This is a bad. But, but I'm saying that's everybody felt was like, you know, well, those people are wrong. But I, I don't want to listen to your six-minute-long songs, fine. Kanye. Uh, fine. I want Life on of Pablo. Site. It's like Life of Pablo. If right. anybody else had made that, people would be like, wow, this is yes. pretty fucking no, insane. No, you're absolutely right with that. And it's so well-crafted, and it, there's so much thought put into it. Yes. And then, because it's Kanye, you're like, uh, but his last three albums were just better. No, you're right. You're right. So that's that's the thing is, Logan Lucky's a good movie. It's just not it's as just good as his other movies. Yeah, it's it's just not as good as 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 the last three heist movies. And what's he made. happening with that Hillary Swank stuff in the end of it? God, that, that she what, is so I, overacting. I don't get it. I I don't know. I someone should have stopped him. Yeah, that movie should just be done. It should be done, and then it continues. You like I said, and, it has the Ocean's Eight problem, but it is if Ocean's Eight was done slightly better, just slightly better. Can I be honest with you? Let's hear it. Don't break my heart. <laughs> the fact that he returned the money bothers me. He didn't return. And all I, know, of it. I know. I know. He returned some of it to make them be like, "Oh, well, we got it all back from insurance, right?" But you don't need to do that. But you do need to do that. Why? Explain. Because then they're going to give up the search. They didn't give a fuck anymore. He knew they weren't going to pursue it at all. But they can get that anymore. money back from insurance without returning half of it. Yeah, but there's it's more That's money. That's in fact what happens in Ocean's Eleven. Now they just don't care. I guess. I don't know. I still feel like that's a weak. No, Danny, just give it up. I feel like that's give a it up. that's such a because then I feel like the whole thing is such a. It just feels like a cop out. Look, like be like he did the right thing by returning it, but he actually didn't. Like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even ever about him doing the right thing. It was about doing the thing that was going to get them off his fucking me, back. It seemed to me the movie does that, but then it also was like, but actually, he didn't do that. He just did it to get them off their back. That's the thing. I feel like they should have just because they because the fact that they play it like 
Oh, he heard his daughter sing a song for him. No, they don't. That instead is not, of Umbrella, and no. then he looks at himself in the mirror, and then he's like, That's, gotta return this money. That is not money. how that happens. No, because he already left the truck there. That was already part of the plan, Danny. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No. Danny, yes, he did. I've seen the movie more than once. You haven't. You were all on your phone. I was not on my yes, phone. Yes, you were on your phone, movie. Danny. Fuck off. I was not. We're moving on. Coming in at number 13, Ocean's 13. Movie's fine. It was not on my phone. Movie's good. Uh, it's better than Logan Lucky. It's better than Logan Lucky. Danny is gonna. Danny just nutted hearing me say that. I mean, I don't. I, 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 no, he had a fucking hate boner for I Logan did, Lucky, and I just I did not have a hate boner. I like the movie. Him. I didn't even. You didn't even give me my star rating. You were so pissed off at me. See, I, I was on my phone the whole time. You didn't want to hear it. No, you wouldn't validate anyway because you said I was on the phone the whole time. Grant, Grant, Grant said he watched mute and then he fell asleep. And then I checked a text message during Logan Lucky, and all of a sudden my opinion doesn't matter. Checked a text message, and he's like, "Oh, better check another text message. Better check." another text message let danny give me your star rating i was looking up where danny, give me the star rating it was a four out of five. okay yes yeah, I, I like agree. the movie i agree it's a good movie <laughs> dwight yoakam's awesome i uh, can i be honest with you the yeah. time i was on my phone during logan lucky i was trying to i was trying to buy you a birthday present. Trying to buy- <laughs> <laughs> okay cool. what's up let's see i was trying to figure out the geography of where they were because they were in three different states during that movie. Yeah. They were in West Virginia. Oh, they drove four. in front of a state line they went every time West they did. Virginia, Kentucky, West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina. So I was trying to find out how long that would take that they got Joe Bang out of prison, mm-hmm. drove to North Carolina, and then drove back. And I was like, that seems like it'd take forever. But apparently, if they where they are in the movie, that's actually not long. But anyway, so I was I, there was a lot of that movie where I was looking at maps when I was trying to figure out where the fuck they were. Anyway. I just saw him on his phone. How was I supposed to know what he was doing over there? Yeah, but maybe ask. Yeah, well, maybe ask for me to pause the movie next time you want to triangulate a position. I don't need Danny? you to. Danny, we're moving on to 13. Yes. It's a good movie. Five out of five. It's not a five out of five. It's movie, five out of five. Opinion. In my opinion. But hey, man, look, people don't always agree with me. So. And, I've, and I've said much about Ocean 13. It's We've said a lot of Ocean 13. Danny thinks it's a five out of five. The reverse big store. Above 13, and this is going to get Danny's fucking goat right here. Bubble. <laughs> Let me say something about Bubble. And I would love for you to say And I do bubble. totally disagree with this, and this does get my get my goat. <laughs> but I want to I wanna give Bubble some credit. It is insane to me that High Flying Bird has worse performances than Bubble. It's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you, now do you know what I mean when I no, say like... I get what you're saying. Like... Uh, everybody Diddy, my in, lowest of these movies everybody in high flying bird performs like an amateur whereas in bubble he got i'm not people gonna call them amateurish but i definitely prefer the movies as a whole <laughs> these other ones to these and i I'm, think, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything about the movies or how they're how they're i don't think the performances are bad i prefer the performances in the other other movies though. high flying bird i think legitimately is the most amateurish performance of any actor's in a Soderbergh movie, mm-hmm. whereas in Bubble, I believed the performances so much more, and they are actually amateurs. And I just want to say that. All right. That is all. And you may say that. Look, for a movie made for like $1,000, this... Oh, yeah. It shouldn't be this good, I feel No, like. I, I heard that. It's awesome. And it's, I find it personally inspiring. And this is the kind of story that I feel like... I don't know. We talked about it on the episode we did. I just feel like this connected with me in a way that I I really appreciate. This is the kind of thing that I didn't connect with me as much, but I, I will say that I I do I honestly find this this film 
and the way it was made more interesting than the iPhone movies. Yeah, it is because it's so much weirder. I feel too. like this and Schizopolis are more similar. Yeah, yeah. Watching this, also watching these in the scope in just the it, within all of his other movies too, it's just crazy. It's crazy he can just turn around though and do this yeah. too for like in a month. Yeah, because because I think that's the thing is like like the iPhone movies. The challenge is almost entirely technical. It's mm-hmm. uh, everybody there is an actor, and like he has all the lights and the uh, shit that he needs. But then he's just shooting it on an iPhone with weird lenses attached. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is specifically like the technical limitations, but also the actors and also the lighting that he like tries to use natural lighting when he can and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And Schizopolis is the same way where it's like. Like you said, like, uh, I was in Baton Rouge for nine months and I paid almost nobody. And it's like, yeah. that's, to me, the more interesting is not just technical, but, like, how the movie is made. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Uh, I was still only give it a three and a half, but. I would give it a four. It was cool. It's cool. It's a good movie. Coming in above Bubble, I got Magic Mike. Yes. Magic Mike is an awesome movie. Magic Mike is awesome. I love it. Uh, the only person to cast not very good is the main guy, uh, Alex Pettifer. I still think he did a good job. He's not that good. He's I it's just like it is such a relief when you realize he's not going to be the main character of that movie, and it is just going to be about Mike, and Mike's yeah. not just going to be like this mentor character. Uh, I mean, fucking Mac McConaughey playing ladies at Tampa. He's awesome. Before doing his Matthew dance to Doctor so Love, fucking good. He's so good. I love Joe Magniello. It's crazy that fucking uh, Matt Bomer's in it. Well, Matt Bomer's in it, but also Gabriel <laughs> Iglesias. Oh, Gabriel Iglesias is in it as yeah. the DJ. That's fucking nuts, and he's good in it too. Yeah. Uh, look, man. I now sort of going back to Logan Lucky, uh-huh. and then including this. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Channing Tatum. This is the best one, though. This is definitely the, that at least. This is definitely better than Logan Lucky. Oh, definitely. I he, I, I didn't love Channing Tatum and Logan. I, I thought he was the weakest Lucky. part of the Logan I, Lucky cast. I would probably agree. I'd probably agree. Which but is crazy. Also, he's below he, Seth. Oh, wait. You put him below Seth? Yeah. That's kind of nuts. <laughs> that's kind of... That's kind of... At least he was doing something. Loopy, I feel like man. Logan Lucky. You know what? I want to... Well, you put him below Hillary Swank and Macon Blair? Okay. I don't put him below... Hillary Swank. Okay. It's hard for me to say Megan Blair had two lines. I know. But uh it's just weird he was there. I didn't like his presence. <laughs> I, was, I don't like his he's kind of, he's kind of I, I'm like the I'm sorry and we're going back to Logan. I I'm know, on the Barbara Walters it, uh, you know what's an I don't care for Macon Blair. <laughs> what's an interesting thing, and I don't I don't totally agree with him, but I can see where he sees it mm-hmm. is my brother said about Logan Lucky that it seemed like a movie about Southerners made by somebody who has never lived in the South, it which just, is is not true. Which is well, but but I will say that's like Appalachia as opposed yeah. to like Louisiana. Like yeah, Baton it's Rouge. different. It's different. But like, I don't agree with him. But he said, and I sort of see it mostly in Channing Tatum's performance. Look, I'm what I'm about to say is mean, and I don't even think necessarily. I agree that the performance is weak, but I think you cast Chain Tame in a role like that because you want to cast someone who looks too dumb to organize a heist like that and then pull it off at the end. Yeah. So I think it's a successful casting, but I agree that it's not a great performance. I think, yeah, I don't think the casting is particularly terrible because, like I said, I like Chain Tatum. Yeah. But, and clearly he's, he's great, Magic Mike. But 
I just don't. I just feel like he's the weakest part of that movie, which is crazy when you consider that. Like, now, hold on, Danny. You liked is, when he spray tanned spray tanned his daughter. That with was the, that. But it wasn't even thing. a performance thing. That was just. I a know. Gag. I know. I'm just trying to think of anything you liked that he did in those. But movies. like Adam Driver, awesome in that movie. Every time he was on screen, I loved it. Joe Bang, awesome. Like, I think they're just getting more. They got meteor roles. He just got like. But then that's he got a limp. He they gave him a limp. That was his character. But like he's supposed to be the emotional core of that movie, and I was sort of just like, even when he was like, "Man, I love my brother," and and that's really important to me. I was like, I'm more interested in the movie that focuses more on them reversing the Logan family curse than uh, the one that has to do with him getting his daughter back. Yes, but. I think it's just Soderbergh feeling like, fuck it, I can do all this shit. Yeah, and I just, like, I said this when we watched the movie, I just felt like the daughter thing. Bro, Danny, just delete it from the fucking movie. Danny I don't give a fried when she performed. <laughs> I cringe. I, I, Danny pulled out his phone because he couldn't look at the screen. That is, that is that, a moment where I stopped true, watching the movie. And I know he wasn't looking at a map. I think he was that, just blocking his view. <laughs> that moment was awful. I have trouble with scenes like that. Like, I don't like Little Miss Sunshine very much. I don't. Excuse me. I love Little Miss Sunshine. I don't, like I Sunshine. don't have a problem with I other, don't like that other movie, scenes like that. That kind of stuff, I don't know. But just when kinda... you said, when you said, seriously, when you said, and I think Soderbergh thinks he earned this, that I think is the issue. No, that's the thing. He definitely well, How much, like, the entire movie, but then, but there's, then supposed, he, there's supposed to be these scenes where he, he hangs he, out with his daughter. Then, he, then there's and 20 there's, more minutes, and then you're like, well, I guess he did kind of earn it because I was ready for that movie to be fucking over that, at least after and that. that. And that's why I, I looked at Grant and I said, does he think this is the equivalent of the uh, Claire de Lune scene <laughs> in Ocean's Eleven that we end with a song and it's supposed to be this like... And I had to break it to Danny. There was like, there was twenty, yeah, 20 more minutes, minutes and then I was I wish it had ended with that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, then I had to but, break it to Danny. This actually is going to be a lot more like Ocean's Eight than Ocean's Eleven. But that's the thing is that it felt unearned because like like I said, Channing Tatum is supposed to be the emotional also, center of this movie. Okay, sorry. But, I know I said I like Logan Lucky, but also what is I hate kind of the Sebastian Stan being like. My body's like a computer. So I kind of like, like good that. software. No, you liked that, Danny? I liked... No, you liked that and you didn't like when Joe Bang explained the explosive? Get the fuck out of my no, house. No, I liked Danny that. Danny did not like... No, you said you didn't. You said, actually, I don't like this as soon as that scene No, started. no, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. Mm, Grant is completely mm, misrepresenting mm, me. I hate when you do this. Mm, I oh, always you let you talk. You think I'm gaslighting you? Yes. What I said is, why is he narrating this? He wasn't narrating. Yes, Joe he, Bang? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, Sebastian Stan? Sebastian Stan. I didn't like that he Sorry, was... Sorry, I was talking about Joe Bang, though. I oh, said you didn't no, like that but part. But no, you said you like that and you didn't like that. No, 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 like... I was saying you didn't like Joe Bang part, but you liked yes. the Sebastian Stan part? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's all. I, that's no, what I was saying. I, I was saying separately, I thought me, it was weird that Sebastian Stan was narrating. Yes, that section's weird, but it's, I was able to at least look past that because that's just one of but the But I like that section. I love that he's like a weirdly neurotic and... I don't know. <laughs> and here's the thing. I, it's, but see, dropping that, why do I like that side plot in general more than I like the entire <laughs> daughter thing? That's supposed to matter to me. And I yet know. I would rather see Seth and Sebastian have a pissing match <laughs> over energy drinks. It's a way funnier, <laughs> yeah, interesting agree, thing I, in the I movie. Agree, I agree. So like, and 
but no, as far as I just also you said that the daughter looked like a character from Psychonauts. <laughs> I, said, I said the makeup <laughs> makes her look like a character from Psychonauts. <laughs> when she comes out with the big purple eyelash, it was like she looks like a character from Psychonauts. And the spray tan, and yeah, big hairs. She just looked so cartoonish in that makeup. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. Um, I thought I liked Logan Lucky. I gotta stop. We gotta we gotta move past Logan Lucky. Well, I'll just say the Joe Bang thing. Yeah. It just I just was annoyed that. I know you don't like when they explain things like that. Well, it just seemed weird that they were like, "We're we gotta we got out of time. We're running out of time, guys. We have so much time. We don't have any time." And then he's like, "Let me take five seconds." Yeah. Well, now, where do, where can I get some chalk? By the way, can somebody hand me some chalk? Yeah, Let's chalk. find some chalk. It's a construction. Come back later. We're going to cut to the future, and then we're going to do. It was a construction site. They had chalk lying around. What do you mean? They got to mark things on like walls that they got to demolish. They had but chalk. But they still to find it. Anyway, they had chalk. I just thought Chain that was Tatum an unnecessary exactly where the chalk was. scene. Especially when the entire thing is how crunched for time but they are. But Danny, it was so silly to hear Joe I will Bang say, explain a It formula. made me feel a little better when, as part of the wrap up, he they showed him all, what. Yes, because because if they left it there and Yo, not addressed I agree, that, that would be an oversight. I would be furious. I but. know you would. I was. I, that's why I was like. Well, at least he can't go. <laughs> In my head, yeah. I was like, well, at least I'm gonna. We're gonna see Chain Tatum do this, so he can't be like, well, then why the fuck did they leave that there? I knew that would just be ammunition. Like, it's my favorite scene. <laughs> that's so weird. That's your favorite scene. It's anyway. not my favorite scene. But I love that he makes the bomb out of gummy bears. That is Because cool. you need... I think you, it, that is such an out there thing that it bears at least some oh, explanation. No. The, I prefer that than to fucking any big short but explanation. I think when he said the thing about, here's the nitrate to the thing that was... Yeah. They should have just been like, oh, okay. Yeah, well... I didn't need to do a... Look. A, where he doesn't need to repeat himself with chalk. That helps nobody. And are, do you expect me to believe that the Logans <laughs> can read the thing he's writing on the wall anyway? I don't know, maybe. They... They, he, they, he took it back to fucking high school for them because they're fucking idiots. No, he just explained it to them and they should have been like, I don't understand what you're saying, Joe, but okay. Instead of being like, yeah, no. And now that I see, okay, C-H, okay, yeah, but this oh, is, oh, but, but Danny, you're okay. treating this like it needs to be like realistic when this movie doesn't need to be realistic. No, I'm not saying it's Danny, not realistic. Danny? I'm saying it's not in line with the characters, Grant. No, I think it is in line. I think it is not in Joe line Bang, with the characters for them to need an entire explanation and then need a better one. And then finally they get it when it's been scienced out Danny, for them. I, don't think I think you that's get not it. in line with I don't with think the you get it, but in the South... Sometimes we got to take it a little slow. Okay. Sometimes ahead. we need things to be explained to us. Anyway, so yes, Magic Mike is great though. Magic Mike is it's a awesome. great movie. It's coming in at number eleven. Four stars. We're entering the top ten. Number Four ten stars is awesome. Sex Lies and Videotape. <sighs> okay, dude, James Spader. James. This is another Spader. one I don't want to comment on because I think I watched it in like eighth grade. It's so. just, it's infuriating when you watch a debut movie and it's just like. Oh, so this guy just kind of like he kind of gets he it, knew yeah. how to fucking make a movie right away like really yeah that's that's what bothers me honestly about his whole it's career. infuriating how to get Andy McDowell I'm very curious about how he got Andy McDowell yeah, for this I don't know well like, I James think Spader, his at least dad that's, taught at LSU yeah, film but, program yeah but they don't they didn't even really until a few years ago they didn't even really have a real film program they had well, a film I, studies program I don't is, even mean that in a like his dad was famous but like you know like there's his it's it's something where he probably knew somebody. But who why knew did somebody. they even agree to do it? Is like kind of my more more my question. Like it's the script. Weird. Yeah, but it's just. But it's a weird. It's a weird movie. It's not a movie that I would. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a movie that some people who were stars would be like. 
all right, I'm into this. It I feels mean, like it would be a movie with a bunch of no names. And he comes out swinging. He's got Peter Gallagher, Lauren San Giacomo. I mean, uh, I just think it's one of those things where, especially. McDowell's made her. McDowell. Uh, I had to get them all out. Sorry. Um, I mean, there are, but there are people like, think about what's the, like a shittier movie with a shittier director, the Boondock Saints. Now, you know what? I almost said that as a joke, and then you literally said <laughs> the Boondock Saints. But, like, the, is that not a movie where everybody, he's punching way above his weight class with the casting? But that's at least slightly different to me because that's not a movie in which people just kind of have conversations in a room with one yeah, another. Yeah, but I guess my point is that sometimes you think a script is good, and then sometimes it's a combination of the script is good and it's an easy day. But Do that's I mean? not an easy day for anyone that was in Boondock Saints. That no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Like, Boondock Saints. If he can get that cast to do that shit. But he also had he, Harvey Weinstein behind him. Yeah, but my point is that. That's different. I it's think being he, funded at a studio level. Yeah. Sex Lives the Video Tape is an independent movie. But sometimes you, like, okay, so. And it looks like an independent movie. Uh, what's, oh, for who this guy who plays Buster? In, oh, uh, Tony Hale. Oh, Tony don't Hale. bring up this fucking. The AFI, don't bring up this AFI. The AFI <laughs> short had Tony Hale in it. Uh, that's different, man. My, I mean, but the thing is like. That's different because Tony Hale is not what Andy McDowell was in the 90s. No, but also that's that's literally like a 10-minute short on a student film if you were like, I have money. But that's different to too, make because this an is a feature film, Manny. But my point was if, if, <laughs> if the fact that it is people having conversations uh-huh. maybe helps in that it is an easy day. Like that's what Matt Damon said about his part in in No Sudden Movies. He got the call and he said, "Yeah, one day in a fucking boardroom." He, said, room, I'm he good. said it was, "Oh, there's no makeup. It's five hours of filming. I can do that." Like, yeah. And so I can see where if somebody really liked the script and they said, "We can have you in and out." Look, all I'm saying is I need to watch the behind the scenes because it's sure. very interesting totally. to me that he managed to do this on his first film. But and, and I agree, it's kind of crazy. It's still a it's lot. Nuts to it's, me. He's batting so high. I can I can understand from a construction standpoint where the if somebody's really impressed with this script and they say and the best part is you're done in a day people would go oh all right but that's not how that movie was done. that's not how Sex Lies the Video Tape was done I'm not saying that it was <laughs> but also knowing but knowing Soderbergh it, maybe but I don't think he was I don't think we were on that level yet I don't think maybe he was not that but level yet. but I could but I'm saying I don't know because he just he does do shit like that. If it hadn't been his first movie, maybe I would be more receptive. It's just it makes it so much crazier to me that it was his first movie. Yes, because like when we watched *The Sopranos* several times, I feel like we said it just is weird that this wasn't his first movie. Yeah, because that, that feels like the kind of movie so people would be like, "That's so stylish. He should get. We should give him money to do something." It's weird that that's like his I have, fourth a, I have movie. an opinion on that too, which is kind of interesting. But well, it's just like at least that is like this is unique. People will kind of remember this. It just feels like something you would do as like a calling card and yes, then be like, sure. all right, I'll give you money, but you got to be like fucking normal, dude. Instead, it that feels like yeah. he makes this because he was sick of being quote unquote fucking normal, dude. Yeah, that's fair. It's just so weird that sex, it feels like sex live videotape would then be like his mature follow up to Skizopolis. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. It's just bizarre. But also James Spader just fucking kills it. I mean, that's like amazing James Spader performance. Yeah. Like he's being weird, but he's not being like a fucking alien person. Off the top of my head. And again, I haven't seen this movie since so fucking long. Off the top of my head, that might be my favorite James Spader performance. It's really good. He's really, really good. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's just a great showcase for him. All right. Next up, coming in at nine, got Solaris. Really good. Better than Tarskovsky one, in my opinion, honestly. I feel like. 
as we get older, that's going to be held more true. I feel like people, and I'm not, I like Tarkovsky to a certain extent. Yeah. I feel like. I respect what he was doing. I, I get feel it. like I get the it. patience for his movies is just going to get worse and worse. Like, I, I feel no, like I agree. Yeah. Bergman's going to be the same way. Bergman's not a good movie. No, Bergman. Oh, Bergman. Bergman. Oh, sorry. Unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> great, saw... great throwing a hot take out there for no reason. It's, it's not. <laughs> um, I still watch that movie. Well, I don't. I don't rush. But I feel like that's like some of those directors who, like, especially in the in the beginning, like the '60s independent cinema. Yeah. Uh, whose thing is like I'm gonna force it's om- it's like you know, it's like bebop for movies where it's like I'm gonna force you to enjoy this as art, mm-hmm. not as a movie. This is a film. Uh, I feel like those movies are gonna be less and less beloved by the generations coming. Yeah. Whereas things like Soderbergh or things like Tarantino are now becoming the like it's fast paced, it's actiony, and it has depth even though it's the pacing is so slick. Yeah. That is gonna be held up more and more by people of our age. Yeah, this is definitely like the slick version of that too. Yeah. And I don't know. I definitely can see people being like, but it's just so much different. It's missing the point of everything. But like, I don't know. I just feel like it's way more effective at like, but, but also, communicating the same kind of themes, honestly. But you know, it's it, off mic. We were talking about the Cowboy Bebop thing mm-hmm. and you were saying like the Cowboy Bebop thing. The, 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 the We can't discuss it. Netflix will pull their funding. Uh, but <laughs> They already pull our funding once we shit on the laundromat for like 20 minutes at the beginning of this episode. Anyway, everybody check out Midnight Pulp, much better streaming <laughs> service. Uh, now wow. that Netflix has pulled their sponsor. Please check out Tubi. Check I'm out begging Tubi. you. Tubi. No, guys, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good, I swear. Um, is the thing the thing about uh, like, like what you were saying about Cowboy Bebop is like I'd almost be more interested if it was a show that just didn't try to be Cowboy Bebop. That's what I feel. That's, that's but I feel. I feel like maybe that's the appeal to Solaris too. Is like people, yeah, that's kind of being like it's not at all the Tarkovsky movie. That was kind of what appealed about it to me. Yeah. Because I, I appreciated what the Tarkovsky one was doing. I watched that one first. But yeah, it's just like, this is like a riff on just the similar themes. And it's done by someone who I... Has just, a completely different approach. Yeah, I vibrate a lot more on Soderbergh's frequency than Tarkovsky's frequency. Sure, I do too. And I and like I said, I've watched other Tarkovsky movies. Uh, I'm... I, and actually, I think I think I like Solaris a lot more than Stalker because I think at least I so, like Stalker. But you haven't seen Solaris. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I just I haven't. It had more like of a sci-fi kind of sure. trapping. We're on a ship. There's a mystery. Stalker like, definitely was only sci-fi in like, like setup its, in its setup. Yeah, this at least like you're, we're on a setting. We're like over a planet. There's like it is like mostly existential conversations and stuff. But like there mm. were trappings that I was I just sure I that was more on my level. But but. Yeah, it was a, as, as I agree. I like Tarkovsky's. And it kind of built to a climax. I feel like Stalker intentionally builds to a complete anti-climax. Yes, that's true. Which is frustrating for a three-hour movie. <laughs> I like Tarkovsky, um, but I 100% agree that if you were like, you know, like, make a decision whose wavelength are you on more, it's 100% is Soderbergh. Not mm. even close. Oh, yeah. Like, I love how Soderbergh makes movies. So. He's, look, he's a genius, and I love him. He's great. Yeah. He should get his head checked. So I haven't. He should get uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yes. I'm coming in next. I have not watched this. So. I love Spalding Gray. That's interesting. But I, okay. Is it interesting that I love Spalding Gray? I almost feel like... He, uh, no, it, it makes sense, actually. <laughs> what about it wouldn't make sense? I'm curious. Uh, I guess in my mind... 
you like like I guess Spalding Gray being like, hey, it's a movie of a bunch of monologues. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like that doesn't make that that wouldn't work for you. But because I know what Spalding Gray's monologues are like, I'm like, that's a great he has movie. such a specific voice. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, he's just right. I fucking eat that shit up. I yeah. love swimming in Cambodia. That's awesome. This movie's crazy. Like visually, this is the most interesting a Spalding Gray uh, monologue has ever looked because he's like not in front of an audience for the first time. It's all on sets. Yeah, or he's doing like crazy visual pastiches. Look, I said it on Letterboxd. I'll say it again. He freaked it. He freaked Soderberg it. freaked it on one eight hundred freak. Look, he I they filmed it in Baton Rouge, I believe too. Uh, but they're doing like a lot of crazy like projection and stuff. Yeah, it's look. If you like Soderbergh as a cinematographer, you gotta check out Grey's Anatomy. It is beautiful. It's not my favorite necessarily of the monologues Spalding Gray has ever done. And it's definitely mm-hmm. some like he sounds like a fucking old man because some of that's just really dated. He does like voices he probably should not be doing to do characters. Sure. Uh but I mean, I don't know, man. I got such a soft spot in for my in my heart for Spalding Gray monologues that I feel like this is higher up than a lot of people would normally have Grey's Anatomy. Had that movie, yeah. And we'll, we'll, you'll see what I got even higher than this. But we'll, we'll get to that later. There's another Spalding Gray piece coming. There's another Spalding Gray piece coming. <laughs> All right. Next movie. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. All right. I think like most people would agree with that, actually. It's, look. It's I, a beloved movie. It's a beloved movie. And, like, kind of, I was like, how good could this really be, though? Like, I've known about this movie for so long. If I was that good, why, why didn't I already see it? Yeah. Even though it was up to me to go check it out myself. Well, the fucking jokes on me. It lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. I think the whole cast is awesome. Julia Roberts, great. I, she got nominated for Best Actress, right? If not, that's insane. I to think me. she did. Yeah, I feel like she had to have. Uh, she's amazing. Albert Finney's amazing. I fucking, I fucking love. Oh, what's his name? What's his Aaron Eckhart? I love Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart is so movie. good. I. When I first saw this character, I'm like, oh, fucking long-haired biker dude. This is going to be insufferable. Bro. Aaron Eckhart is such a another, another so actor who's been sorely movie. left behind. That guy is so fucking good. He's so good. It's insane. He's so charming. I don't know. I, oh, I, I This movie's great, man. I, I don't really know what I'm going to be able to say. That I, I think this is maybe his best. I mean, look, let me, let me see these other ones. And this is like I, I think definitely his best of like his quote unquote kind of issues movies. Yeah, a lot of people and we talked about it in I think the Ocean's episode. People say that Soderbergh is really good about making movies that uh, are just about people who are good at their jobs. This yeah, is maybe like just like when we're focusing on a single person, this is I maybe the best of the best example of that because it's just she's just fucking good at this job that everyone wants to tell her she's not qualified to do. Yeah. And then she just does it better than everyone else. She's to the bottom of the whole water thing. It's, it's awesome. It just feels, it's just, it's a feel good movie, man. I don't know. It just, it's all, I mean, like, it's just so well put together that it's shocking to me almost that it's a, based on a real person. <laughs> like, it feels yeah, yeah, like yeah. it comes, it's so well presented that I'm like, well, surely this is a work of fiction. Yeah. And I'm sure he's sanded the edges off on a real story. That's what happens oh, with every mean, movie. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's just like, I don't fact know. that this is a real person is. It's just crazy. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie, in my opinion. I think it's really, really good. And it's, look, I just, in, in my mind melts when I think about the fact that he made this in traffic, like, in, in the, the same, same year. year. Yeah. And it got, they both were up for best picture. Like, dude, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. How? 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 It doesn't make sense to me. He's so good. 
He's too good. I'm telling you, and again, I, I, I really, really believe probably this is the beginning of Soderbergh is in the pocket. The man cannot do no, you just can't do wrong. Look, the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, he's on a fucking hot streak. I think after this is when he kind of makes the knowing decision, well, I'm going to completely veer left in nearly everything that is a Notions movie at this point. I feel like even, but even through the rest of the 2000s, like I know that I like know. good German is the pitfall there. And but no, I, but he also like makes bubble and stuff in this time. Like he's literally just... This thing, and like bubble is cool. I just think he makes, he starts making more movies and then he starts making just less... Big studio movies, maybe I mean, because sure. he's getting gummed I don't, up. I don't mean specifically that. like that. That they are all like the same, but I just mean like I feel like he was on a hot streak. He was definitely. In a, he I was, just feel like it's it's. I mean, like okay, I'll agree with you. Like late nineties through like mid two thousands is really when he has the like like you almost see him start developing a style in a Cohen esque way where yeah. you watch it and you're like, oh, that's a Soderbergh movie. But I feel like the start of the 2000s to the end of the 2000s start of the 20s i think out of sight through oceans 11 that's an insane run it's out of sight the lot well, and technically for me personally before that he does schizopolis gray's anatomy into out of sight the okay, line well aaron brockovich traffic then oceans 11 and then he does full frontal which fucking sucks yeah but other than that i mean bro he doesn't have another bad movie until fucking good german like it's just yeah. it's ridiculous and which it's so funny because like that's only like five years. You yes, about it. I know it's fucking but, insane. But but yet you look at the, a number of movies. You're like, holy shit, that's a lot of movies. It's bananas. I want to talk about since we since you brought it. Well, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get there. Next up is the Limey. Okay, I won't watch the Limey. Limey is awesome. The Limey is one of it's a movie that every time I watch it, my mind is blown by the editing. I think the editing is fantastic. Uh, that's Stephen and so Sarah Flack who mm-hmm. also did. Uh, Schizopolis. It's just, it's so good. Terrence Stamp is so good. I love Henry Fonda, or is it Peter Fonda? I always get them mixed up. Is Peter Fonda the one that was Henry in? Fonda is the older one? Okay, I think Peter Fonda is the son. Okay, Peter Fonda is the one that's in this movie because even he's the old. He's, he's the, the old easy one, but he's the old guy. one. Yeah, by this point too, or just as old, mm-hmm. really is. Yeah, look, it's just, it's just good, man. It's a great revenge movie. I love a Steven Soderbergh revenge movie. These are, we're still in four stars, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're getting to the area where, like, a few more rewatches, and I might just get to five stars on the, pretty much, like, the whole top ten. Well, maybe not Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, I don't know. It's just so, I feel so conflicted. I feel so conflicted about what I would and wouldn't give a five star. Sure. It's my downfall. Yeah. <laughs> downfall, by the way. The next yeah, team is even sort of is downfall. Uh. Oceans 12 is my next movie. Now we've entered the top five. This is five. Okay. Look, I talked a lot about... Well, we, we talked a lot about the Oceans movies in general. Yeah. I think this movie's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know what I else to really say. Though. Four I and just, a half stars from me. It's fucking great. Look, I feel like I've waffled between five and four stars on this. Yeah. I mean, five... I want to give it that in my heart, but... I mean, Ocean's Eleven is a five-star movie to me. I mean, that's Ocean's Eleven. You can throw it any time. Ocean's Eleven. <clears throat> so after that, coming into four, I got Schizopolis. <laughs> this is crazy to me. Look, I love this movie, man. I know you do. It's inspiring. Here's. Me. I'll let you do your. Spiel it's my. First. It's just it, that's. It's a movie that feels tailor-made to my energy. 
<laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's a movie that I'm just so jealous that someone made it before me already. I I I do agree that it is maybe the most inspiring Soderbergh movie. Like it, it's so funny. Like yeah, you're saying Sex Lies and Videotape is his first movie, and then he did like two, maybe not studio movies is the right word, but two movies with money behind them. Yes, and then this is what I was saying. What I was gonna say about Aaron Brockovich, but I'll say it now. It is actually more insane to me that he went from this to out of sight. It's it's, it's bananas because that is like the most studio kind of slick movie you could put out of that time. I if if I was in charge of a whoever did the producing for Out of Sight, uh-huh. and I had seen Schizopolis, I would not have hired this man. Of course not. But if you had told me he actually went from Sex, Lies, and Videotape to Out of Sight, I would buy that more. Yes, that makes sense. It that is, is a so normal progression within the studio system in yes. Hollywood. It is like... It makes zero sense. Zero sense that he did. That makes me like it even more, though. It, this this feels like... It just feels like a student film. I know! It's awesome! That's why I asked Grant when we started this movie. I was like, how old was he when he made this? I was thinking, for some reason in my head, I was like, is this his like second movie ever? No, ah, it's like his fourth. It's his fourth. The fuck? It doesn't make sense, man. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give this movie this. a three and a half stars. Yeah, no, it's completely understandable. It is, I will say, maybe the most I've enjoyed an experimental film in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it at least is kind of attempting to have a narrative in a way yes. that some experimental films just don't even try to. It, it, it and has, that helps. It has, yeah, a very vague narrative. Yeah. And I was saying earlier, the moment-to-moment writing in this sometimes is hilarious. Yes. Any any scene that Soderbergh shares with Eddie Jemison super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like, his weird fetish for fat women is so fucking funny. I love the boss. That's the, always the yelling. Monster! <laughs> yeah, so funny. Great bit. Uh, the, when, they're, when they're at the... Um, when they're at the funeral, and they're like, he died. <laughs> yeah, the first Aren't you glad it wasn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and the thing that's interesting is actually I this movie really felt really 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 incomprehensible to me until the last ten minutes and he almost does in Ocean's Eleven where he sort of goes back and re-explains the movie to you. No, that's weird because I didn't really remember that. But yeah, the third section literally rehashes the whole second section of the movie just from the wife's point of view, <laughs> and and it made sense to me. It, it, on a rewatch, I definitely was like, okay, I remember the broad strokes, and I, I forgot about a lot of the minute-to-minute things, but I at least, re- knowing the fru- the structural framework the, of everything, I feel like the, I enjoyed it a lot more on a rewatch. The, girl, the lady number two looking like lady number one, but she has glasses and an yes. accent, and then um, the, the fact that when she said, I'm going to the movies, she was actually going to sleep with the other guy. Yeah. All of that, I was like, oh, this movie does have a narrative. It almost yeah. seems like it was shot with a narrative and then just edited out of order. Yes. And or it was shot and then they're like, all right, maybe we can make a narrative and then we can shoot a few more things. <laughs> I almost feel like this the narrative, when they re-explained it, was too tight. I feel like it had to be that he wrote a narrative and then re-edited it out of order mm-hmm. to make it more discon- discombobulated. Clearly with with the other strange... the The stuff about... 
Elmo getting pulled out of the movie to do his own movie. So fucking funny. Uh, Weird that that's the guy I I met too. (laughs) Of all the people in this This movie, I feel like I just feel like (sighs) nose harmy. Moment to moment, some some of the things in this movie is so funny. Elmo going and ripping off the mattress tags is hilarious. (laughs) I like Uh, his interrogation scene. Yeah, when he beats, when he punches that chick in the face is so funny. Is that good? Yeah. (laughs) When when uh, at the end of the movie, when they just decide to give Soderbergh three different accents, three different languages. Yeah. Uh, And I understand that's supposed to be the three different Soderberghs in the movie. Um, uh, the three different Fletcher Monsons, I guess technically. And I just think how like detached she is from just like every single one of these men in her life too. Um, They're all basically the same. They just have a different way of talking. All the weird quips the the uh uh almost a schwimmer uh uh what's the guy's name the the head oh, of the oh, cult oh, 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 um, i got you i got you schwinter something it's schwitters schwitter schwitter t azimuth schwitter 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 when when schwitter is like what the fuck is going on here he's it looks like he's getting ready to screw your wife he goes huh i wonder what that's like like <laughs> yeah, that's good some of the some of the moment to moment just quips in this movie are so good and it's because I feel like when you do an experimental movie, the ten- some scenes are more just like the Elmo oxygen scenes where they're just saying non sequitur phrases back and forth yes. to one another. Well, I think like when you do an experimental movie, the tendency is to say nonsense and pretend like it's really important. Yeah, like I told Danny, this is one of the Elmo oxygen scenes happened. I was like, this is what people think David Lynch yeah, movies this are is what like. They, the- where they're just saying arsenal. Yeah, but the difference <laughs> is, I feel like. Again, what makes this actually pretty watchable is mm-hmm. that um, that he like Soderbergh knows this is experimental, and instead of making it so up its own ass pretentious, mm-hmm. he makes it funny. Yeah, and he makes it also about people who are up their own ass. Uh, yeah, so exactly. Much. And like, and so like, he doesn't try to pretend like, oh, this is like has some super deep meaning and like it's like there is a meaning to it yeah but it's not like he it reminds me of some of the um dada movies mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah stuff like uh um and i told you it reminded me of youtube sketches <laughs> yeah grant said grant said this movie has a real youtube energy it does which i i agree with like especially that scene where he's following himself in the car yeah. i was I, I and he's in his tracksuit it almost does seem like a lonely island sketch yeah uh god that's so funny but like it, it reminds me of like when it feels so piecemeal too at some points this is like Okay, well, that was this week's upload, and we're just like watching a playlist almost of videos. Yeah, because they're all these made. different. Like you said, it's like almost almost a movie of sketches. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember this. The the there is a specific. Uh, is it Max Ernst? I'm thinking of. No, it's not. But there's there's a few like Dadaist directors who uh, just like. It was stuff like that where it's like this is clearly a weird movie and it is trying to be experimental, but mm-hmm. uh, it's like also taking itself kind of lightheartedly. It's just like goofing around and you know, like making fun of itself, and it doesn't freak out and try to like after. It doesn't feel like um. Oh fuck! What's his name? 
It is the opposite of French New Wave. That's what it is. Oh, Godard? Yeah. It's the opposite of that, like, I'm doing something so different, and it's actually going to change the way you see cinema. It's like, no, I'm doing something different because it's fun. Yes. And And I I think he kind of preempts all that with, like, the opening With the opening, yeah. And, you know, I was reading while the movie because I was like really interested about the opening I was looking at some maps I was looking at some maps uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish underneath trivia and IMDB there's, there's a, assorted maps you could look through <laughs> I honestly that'd be pretty funny. yeah but you fucking love that um, Hans Richter is the guy I was thinking of okay. Ghost Before Breakfast if you ever want to watch a fun short film Ghost Before Breakfast okay. is, uh, it's just Hans Richter playing with paper cutouts and then he also has like a thing where he has a hat flying through the air sounds and, like a top 10 movie right yeah. <laughs> but but anyway yeah i feel like that's the difference is like y- you have a, a guy like you know godard where it's like actually i'm making the experiment that like you know it's actually gonna, i'm trying to change the way we see cinema whereas mm-hmm. like and i'm not i'm not saying that's exactly how godard felt but that's how sometimes his movies feel when you watch them yeah that it's more about the like pushing forward of the boundaries it's yeah. very as ford would tell me it's very correct jazz uh fuck that guy uh oh my god dude what uh, <laughs> what did he say this comes this comes down to uh, this is about our conversation with glenn miller uh oh, well whereas this feels like more like uh yeah the, the preamble of the movie was I was reading that he was like went to they went to Cannes and that movie was like kind of panned because yes. it started with the guy running around naked and then ends with the guy running around naked and he added the preamble and postamble to make fun of the fact that people took it so seriously and yeah. got so mad about it and that like he's like why would like no I, he's, now he's like no actually I'm here to tell you this movie is so important yes. that actually if you don't watch it society will collapse yeah you pay full ticket price and if you don't understand it it's on you man. yeah if you don't understand <laughs> it and that's so funny like that's <laughs> it's just it is really good the reason it gets knocked down to a 3.5 for me it's kind of hard to watch <laughs> it was 90 minutes yes it felt like 4 hours I think the last section on upon my rewatches, I wish there wasn't every time I get to that last section, I'm just like, now I have to remind myself, is there really a reason why we have to see this all play out again? And it is just, so it, there is a reason to that third person. Like that's hammering home the whole point of there being him playing multiple characters. But at the same time, it just, then you, when you watch it all happen so much quicker, it's just like, Wow, uh, so we could have maybe uh, gotten there way quicker. I just feel like time. you can cut out at least twenty minutes of the parts, and and like you said, like he's is doing this, he's tightening yeah. it up, and I'm I'm interested to see that version. Twenty of uh, twenty minutes of sketches that didn't work, mm-hmm. like that you could pull those out, and it's going to be. A I don't know film. if it's going to be that much tighter, but but I think you could do that. Is my point? You could, you definitely could, and and so that just felt like I remember when I asked Grant, so how long do we have left? Thirty minutes. And I swear to God, those last 30 minutes felt like a whole hour and a half. But it's because it was recapping like the last 30 minutes. Yeah, just I know. Seen and, but I just like, just, I wish. But then the last 10 minutes are good. That's the last the 10 minutes are great. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is, it is moment to moment. It's, it's fun to watch. It just wears super quick. That movie should have been 60 minutes. Yes. But anyway, next movie. My next movie. Maybe my most controversial placement of all. Because I feel like a lot of people consider it Lester Soderbergh. But I got, and everything is going fine, at three. 
I haven't watched it. I think this movie, it kind of blows my mind that they were able to take all of these footage, all these different filmed footage performances of him and edit into some kind of coherent through line where he's like actually telling a story that makes sense, even though it's jumping around constantly. And part of that, I mean, Soderbergh watched and had to listen to a ton of, a ton of recordings and then there's no no talking heads i'm kind of at this point in my life completely sick of documentaries with talking heads sorry david byrne that's fair i don't need to hear someone tell me why someone was really important sure and this movie kind of like the get back thing it's like it, you're hearing it all just completely in their words and i mean if there's anyone who's more qualified to tell their life than anyone it's probably his Spalding gray because he actually was able to make that shit kind of interesting even when he's talking about stupid fucking minutia of his life. This is a pretty interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched this movie. Mm-hmm. But sort of what you're saying about like being tired of talking heads. Have you watched the Anthony Bourdain movie Roadrunner? No. I saw you tweet about this and I was... It was very interesting to read about that whenever all that stuff was happening. Yeah. The AI voice. The, 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 they found writings of Anthony Bourdain that he'd never voiced. He never read them. And that they like trained an AI to replicate his voice using a bunch of recordings. Because there's tons of recordings of his voice. Yeah. So they trained an AI to replicate what his voice would sound like if he'd read these things. It's kind of crazy. And I, I'd watched that movie, did not realize it was an AI. I think that was most people. Like, I was shocked because I was like, oh, maybe, maybe. Because he did an interview. There's a part where he like reads a letter that he, uh, I think it was David Chang, who mm-hmm. he was talking to. And it was a letter he'd written to him. And I was like, oh, maybe he read that letter when they were together for that episode of mm-hmm. Parts Unknown. No, that was an AI. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, that's insane. It's kind of crazy. But so anyway, so we were saying like the ability to hear it in somebody's own words, like not have to be told why. Yeah. That's sort of how part of that. And I want to get more into that movie if we ever do another Kino Corral. But um, that Roadrunner? Is, Roadrunner. Yeah. I, would, I would love to watch it. And that that is a movie where I feel like so like that is a good another good movie of like there are talking heads in that movie, but so much of that movie is here is the person just doing what they do, and that's why this person is so important. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like Spalding Gray because of the fact of not just how much recording we have of him, but also just how he talked yeah, is such an it's interesting so character. Crazy to have someone have such a developed performance, Voice. delivery, and everything. I. I one of those consistent performers, maybe ever. He had a very specific niche thing that he did. Oh, yeah. Obviously, it's not going to be every person's thing, but like the fact that they're able to intercut a clip from his first monologue to his last monologue, and it is all kind of of a piece. That's so remarkable that someone oh, yeah. has that much confidence in their performance and ability. I don't know, and he's someone who like admittedly wasn't a big reader or writer. He was super dyslexic, mm-hmm. so like that was kind of. Talking was his his preferred medium. Oh, yeah. He tried to write books, and it was really hard for him to write. He only wrote one book, and he had a whole monologue about it. Maybe his worst monologue, but uh, it's also not properly restored like some of his stuff is. Yeah. I wish some of it was like as rest- – that's what was so interesting about watching this in particular was they've gone back, and he's kind of like obsessively filmed all of his monologues and stuff, and uh, it's just crazy. Susan Lindenberg is the editor, though. I literally – I don't know how she did this. That This is like a – I'm just so impressed from an editing standpoint that they were able to put this together mm-hmm. and have it just be coherent. It's I just it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like a clip show, kind of like a compilation, but everything's 
going fine. All the pieces, everything's going fine. And all the pieces just seem to be kind of almost in communication with one another because, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting to watch like a career retrospective that also just feels like he almost could have delivered any parts of these at any point in his career. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I got, I got to give it up to him. I got, that's my top three, third favorite Soderbergh movie. Okay. It's pretty awesome. Coming in number two, I got out of sight. Okay. Now, it's a movie about sexy people. Oh, this yeah. This is, is a hot movie about sexy Can people. Can be honest? I was never really a Jennifer Lopez fan. I'm not the in this biggest movie, Jennifer Lopez fan. But she's so fucking hot. So is George Clooney. It's so stupid how hot everybody is in this The movie. trunk scene. Oh, God. The trunk scene really should not work. It, it should. It is so creepy that they are put in that position, yet, yet you watch that scene. And you you kind of you buy it. They convince they, you. What's just everybody everybody in this movie besides Steve Zahn, everybody in this movie <laughs> has so much charisma, just naturally. Yeah, it's so crazy. Fuck, it's so good. <laughs> it's awesome, and I love Elmore Leonard. I'm admittedly in the back for Elmore Leonard. Jackie Brown's my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I even like Life of Crime, that mm. one with John Hawks and uh, Yasin Bey, that isn't really that great, but I just. I like his approach. It's it's very much kind of like a Coen Brothers style approach to crime. Yes, one hundred percent. It's kind of a basic crime trappings, but we're getting just a bunch of like a whole cast of supporting characters that are all very unique and memorable in their own way. Soderbergh does a great job of just fleshing out the cast with a bunch of great actors. Like, there's no real reason it has to be Catherine Keener playing the role she plays. She's never in a room with like any other character from the movie besides that one scene with Jennifer Lopez and uh, Luis Guzman, the rest of her scenes are all just on the phone yeah. with George Clooney. And I think the other thing that is so great to me is that like sort of like the, the natural charisma of all these people set up in the very first scene of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where he walks in and he robs a bank and he says, have a nice day. And she says, yeah, you too. That opening scene is awesome. It's like, and it's just, it it again, much like Ocean's Eleven, sets up how how just how things are going to go for this guy mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the movie. It's so perfect. Yeah, fuck, I love it. It's awesome. I love that Albert Brooks got in there and got to do Albert a, Brooks's a makeup in this movie. Is so weird. I don't think he's wearing that much makeup, man. His nose honest. is definitely different than it normally is. Maybe I don't use I I don't feel like it was I didn't notice it and I like Albert Brooks movies a lot of I watched Real Life the past year I watched Lost in America this past year uh, I need a third one oh wait uh, Heaven Can Wait no no Heaven Can Wait's the Warren Beatty movie Defending Your Life that's the uh, the other Albert Brooks movie I don't know it was, I would like to see a side by side picture okay no sir uh, but look man out of sight quite frankly is out of sight. And this is a five out of five. Yes. It's five out of five. This whole I give, this, it, I give it four and a half out of five, probably. Letterbox arranges all these movies in four rows by four. All these movies in the top shelf. This is top shelf soda. Works. I would give this They're four. They're all and five, five star five. movies for me. It's just easy to rewatch this one too. It's just very it's easy breezy, baby. Yeah. It's it's smooth. It goes down smooth. No chaser. No chaser. No chaser. George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez are hot. I'm going to just put this on the record. Danny didn't agree with me last night, but I think they should remake this movie at their current age. They're still uh, hot. They're still both super hot, and I want to see it. I, th- I don't I just don't even want to remake. But I want a remake or a but, sequel. But 
do Bye. I think it'd be fun to do a sequel? That would be fun. Bro, they're just hot. They're still hot. It's infuriating that they're still hot. And again, I would I just don't think we've gotten enough Clooney Soderbergh action at all recently. We haven't because he keeps wanting to make movies. That's what I'm saying. We need to put him in fucking That's not timeout. why. Yes, it is. It is why. He's we, done movies with other people. But barely. I just, I mean, I really think Look, it's... He, he needs to be put in timeout. I just think he doesn't want to act much anymore. Well, that's all. fine. But let's act with good people and let's just kind of accept that maybe you shouldn't be directing. Let me want to look at his filmography real quick. Sorry. I want to I want to see what his last... I mean, besides his directing, I know... Well, I want to know what, what his last couple movies were that he didn't direct. Uh, So he did Midnight Sky was him. Yes. And then a Money Monster was before that. Yes, that's Jodie Foster. I didn't see that movie. Was that good? I didn't see it. Because I remember seeing that. I remember almost watching that and being like, it's him and Julia Roberts. Oh, and we also have to mention, he did do that whole Catch-22 miniseries that no one ever talked about or cared about. I've never even heard of it. It was on Hulu. He directed every episode. Really? Yes, Danny. This is what I'm saying. I kind of want to watch it. Well, you can watch it, but I'm saying, let's put him in, in jail. But see, here's Let's the- put him in director jail. I think he deserves time behind in bars. My, in my Tinder bars. In my mind... Yes. If you look at, if you go back and you look at the movies he has done recently where I am upset that he was in them, the ones <laughs> the ones he is in are not the ones that he directed. Okay. It is Money Monsters I didn't watch. Hail Caesar. Movie sucked. Uh, but he's not bad in it. But no, it's just like but, he's but I just getting... don't want that movie. I just, I know. Every, if, if, if all the people that were in that movie could have gone and done another movie instead, I would be okay with that. I agree. Um, I'm kind of dreading getting to that on my rewatch. The a very Christmas. Murray Christmas, which I don't know if that should count, but sure. How does that rank in the Sofia Coppola uh, canon for you? We were discussing Sofia Coppola. Did yeah. she direct yes, that? Danny, she did. What? It was, it was their team that. up before on the rocks. Danny looks no literally his jaw like dropped had, open. His I eyes literally had no fucking clue. Well, it's, well. Anyway, uh, Tomorrowland. Um, Brad Bird, please go back to making animated movies. Or no, I like when you make live action movies. Just I don't know, man. I didn't see that, but I I don't really want to see that. Monuments Man should be in the bag. Monuments Men he was in, which I I. Don't think it's good, but I enjoyed watching it. Which, but if you want to delete that one, I'm it's the fine good with that. German defense. Yeah, uh, Gravity, which I need to rewatch. I like that movie when I first yeah, watched. I liked it. Actually. He's good in it. The He's, Descendants, the uh, uh, nominated for best actor. Yeah, I believe and written by Jim Ed, Rash. Jim Rash. Um, Ides of March was good. The American. Hey, did you ever see uh, down, Downsizing? No, I I just we saw it advertised. Actually, you know what? If there was an ever an episode to get my mom on, she's maybe the world's biggest defender of downsizing. That's crazy. She we saw it in theaters, and like literally every few months, she'll just be like, "You know, man, I was just I was thinking about that movie again, thinking about downsizing, what my life would be like if I had to be shrunk yeah. down to a tiny little person size." Uh, Ides of March, which is good, which is good. He directed. Which mm-hmm. I'm glad he did. Um, okay. The American. Do you like that? I I didn't watch that one actually. I thought I did. Uh, huh. Up in the air was bad. Wow, you think it's bad? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I, didn't he got? I thought maybe he got nominated for best actor for that. That people is... like that movie a lot, Danny. I'm curious to know if he's at the very least. I think it was the best picture nominee. I'm cu- really. I'm serious, dude. That's that. Uh, look, I know I sometimes will hop on you and say you have a hot take, but that is a little bit of a hot take. Let's see. People, um... I think in general though, don't like Jason Reitman as much as they used to anymore. But when that movie came out, it was 
it was well received. The film received six Academy Award nominations. Yeah. Um, uh, received. No, the film did not win any awards. I know it didn't win any, but it was nominated. Yeah, it was nominated. Okay, interesting. I would not have guessed having watched that movie. Um, you see Minister Goats? Minister Goats, one. I liked more than Up in the Air. <laughs> wow. I still and like, we skipped over Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, I haven't. Well, well, Fantastic Mr. List? Fox was released earlier in the year. Okay. Um, Mine are just listed by year. I think they might be doing it alphabetically by year. Uh, Minister Goats. Uh-huh. I think you can delete that movie. You can just delete it. I'm saying if you if you're like you get to delete movies so that he can do more Soderbergh movies. Oh, especially 2009. If he had done a Soderbergh movie, yeah, they could delete it so that everyone in Ministry Goats can do a better movie. It's yeah, kind of a again, shame that sort of how I feel about Hail Caesar. Uh, no, Fantastic Mr. Fox can stay. Yeah, it's an awesome. He's awesome in that. Yeah, well, and why? then he should be in another Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, probably. He could kill like a a, a role like uh, Im Gustav that Ray finds in a. He could kill that. Anyway, I just need to watch. I need to watch Man. Tender Bar. Oh, he's in fucking Isle of Dogs too, isn't he? Am I wrong about that? Is he in Isle of Dogs? Is he not? No, he's not. No, he's not. It just feels like he. I would need to watch Tender that. Bar and Midnight Sky. I haven't watched either of those or Suburbicon, but I have almost no interest in watching Suburbicon. And isn't that a shame though that you don't want to watch a movie the Coen Brothers wrote that he directed? You want to hear a hot take? I don't hold the Coen Brothers in as high regard as everybody else. Cool. I I like them, but I the they I think they have produced just as many movies that I would rather not watch than I would watch. Interesting. Like which ones? Like produced or directed? Directed. Okay. Do they produce a bunch of movies for? Well, I mean, like, like that's the thing is like with that script, that's like an old script they'd written that no one produced. Oh no no no, like, no no! I mean I mean I mean actually, like, like, oh, you know what? actually, I'm the one who's going to be able to make this a movie. If you got if the Coen Brothers going to do it, surely Clooney can do it. I mean I I har- I was hard out on Burn After Reading. Yeah, I don't like that movie. Either. Uh, I need to rewatch it because everyone's like, well, that one's actually good though. I'm like, is it? Is it though? Uh, Serious Man, dude. Serious Man's awesome. It is. I rewatched that Good. one like two days yeah. ago. I mean, that one's all that's uh, one of the best movies. Uh I'm sorry, I'm going through their thing. Uh yeah. Barton Fink. Dude, what? You don't like Barton Fink? Mm. That's interesting. I feel like that would have been up your I alley. Should, I should rewatch some of these, honestly, because my my last big Cohen kick was probably also when I started re- watching Soderbergh, it was like eighth and ninth grade. Uh-huh. So maybe I like these more now. I don't know. I you should give uh, Barton Fink a rewatch. And I think a serious band is. Man really who wasn't good there. Too. That movie's awesome too. I rewatched that one this past week too. I re- I, actually, you know what? I watched that my first year at UNO is when I watched that. One that one used to be one of my least favorites, and it I jumped from two stars to four stars. From uh, True Grit. Yeah, uh, that one's good. Hail it's Caesar. Good. Hail Caesar is fine. Uh, I didn't finish Buster Scruggs. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna go to bed for Buster Scruggs. Um, there's another one that oh Big Lebowski. Oh, break my heart. I mean, I, I, there's so many Coen Brothers movies, honestly, where I watch them, I go, that was okay. Like, you didn't even say Lady Killers. Did you even see Lady Killers? You want to hear the fucked up thing? Oh, Danny. <laughs> actually, don't say I don't say. like I, Lady Killers. Oh, I like Lady Killers, but if you're going to say you like it over some of these other ones, I'm just like, what are you What are you even saying? You like that more than Big Lebowski? No, they're about the same. I like, it, I like more than True Grit. Sorry, did I break the back <laughs> of my, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, okay, 
I, I like it more than True Grit. I like it more than Hail Caesar. I like it more than Buster Scruggs. Look, I love this opinion, but I, I can't co-sign <laughs> it. I love that you're riding so hard. Tom Hanks is really funny in Lady Killers. I think he's so funny. That's like one of my favorite Cohen. That is that is that is a Must we ascend a tree? That is that <laughs> is a bummer that he never came back for that. Like Dude, he yeah, he would be so good. He would kill a Cohen brother. That's movie. and like I, fuck. I think he's scared Simmons is in that God, Yeah, but he's not that I don't know. I liked J.K. Simmons in that movie. Anyway, mm-hmm. but to go back, I think that George Clooney just I think the issue is not that he's just directing. I think it's he just doesn't want to do as much stuff. I mean, he guy's like That's fine. I know that's fine. I just I wish he would pick better things when he does want to do something. I can't speak on the last three movies he's directed. I haven't watched them. Why would you? Uh because I honestly watched <laughs> Danny <laughs> I watched the trailer for the tender bar and I was like, I could I should watch this. Oh, gross. Now hit me with your number one Soderbergh movie. We know what it is, the one I haven't said yet. Yeah, I know, but Ocean's I want and it is Ocean's a six 11. out of five movie. <laughs> a six out of five. And what happens when you add six and five together? It's eleven. It's eleven, baby. Uh, I'm glad you caught I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> yeah, well so maybe I would consider it an eleven out of ten movie. Yeah, dude. Fuck, this movie's so good. Man. Yeah, like I get ten stars up there, and I'm like, think it needs one more. Mm, think it needs one more. <laughs> yeah. Look, look. It is the more I watch. It, I, honestly, the fact that anyone could go into this after we already did a whole episode, basically entirely about Ocean's Eleven, and not think that it would end with Ocean's Eleven on the top of this list. I, I wasn't sure it would be when you started until you you told me like two days ago that you said yeah it was I, I had to let Danny in on a little bit of but, a few of them I but I, wanna... before when I was like on the way over here I was not sure I thought you would maybe go for one of his weirder movies no and I, I sometimes I at one point I feel like is out of sight my favorite it's not my favorite just because I love out of sight but like this you just get the fun of getting to see all these different actors and stuff and it's just it's it's a little so bit tight. it's just easier to rewatch I don't know it really is. <sighs> I I don't I don't like being the hot takes guy. I really you're don't. not, but you're not even. I just like making you the hot takes guy, even though you're not the hot takes guy. But that said, the more I think about this movie, the more I think it might be the best movie ever made. It's one of the greatest. I I, I truly think it is one of the greatest movies ever made. It's at it the is, top of this great filmography I, that I like all of. I truly cannot think of a movie except for the laundromat. <laughs> That movie can fucking suck Zero. shit. Zero. I'm dead serious. Uh, but Haywire, these dudes are actually really interesting things. Like the good, always doing the natural. I don't like. Thing. Sorry, I'd like to roll back something. I don't. We shouldn't call anything the good German defense. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that gives the people the wrong idea of what kind of podcast this is. Okay. Well. Um. I think the bad good German defense. <laughs> what do we call it? That bad movie defense. Uh, <laughs> I think there is no other movie I've ever watched where the more times I watch it, the better it gets. It Except is, for when that damn hooker advertisement comes up. Danny I mean, but even then, shakes his fist. Even then, it's the only mistake. The only mistake I can think about. The, the only thing that possibly prevents this from being a truly perfect movie is such a minuscule problem. I I don't care. I don't give a fuck. To quote Big Sean. Yeah. Like, and if you really wanted to think about it, I'm sure I could write in a way off screen that they got them there. Yeah. Like, it's it's so minor. Dude. For all I, we know, something got cut. Yeah. For all we know, something did get cut. Again, I I, I guess I still need to, I still have never listened to the commentary. Yeah. And it's crazy to have it. I've watched this movie 30 times. Yeah. 
And every time it's been better. Imagine that. Imagine watching something and it's better every Listener, time. Listener, if you could, if you please could. Ima- please, please imagine, please suppose that every time you watch the movie. Imagine watching, imagine eating the best meal you've ever eaten. And then every time you eat it, it gets better to the power of 30. Oh my god, the power of 30? It's exponentially better. Part of the power of the dog, but the power of 30? Like, <laughs> it's just the best movie. It's the best movie. It's awesome. Until I can think of a movie that is better, it is the best movie. Wow. So guys, <laughs> you guys know the name to beat. Yeah. Somebody, send, send, hey, send your Rex. You know, go ahead and send, send, send what you think is a better movie than Ocean's Eleven, and I won't believe you. You fucking liar. You fucking You're a liars. fucking idiot. Okay. Get All a right. coin. Well. We gotta get a coin. Gotta get a coin. You're right. Now, we are going to pick our movie for 2022. Toxic 2022. <laughs> We're already calling it that? Well, me and Solomon have been discussing names. Grant has a bag of coins. Got a bag of coins. There's a quarter. All right. All right. Well, we haven't discussed what our directors were going to Well, we discussed in broad terms, but we haven't really sat down and nailed. Okay. Yeah. Nailed so, down so, a director. So did you, you, do you know who you have yet? Yes. I know who I have. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well, before you even say yours. Okay. I want to stop things right now and announce a, a, a separate. Oh, yeah. A right, separate you're do this. miniseries that I've been prepping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been threatening for a long Grant, time. Grant's been to do threatening this. to do it, and, and he's also offered to edit it. I've offered is, to edit it. If you know Grant, maybe the biggest signal of how much he believes in this idea. Yes, I think it needs to happen. I'll contact people about getting guests because I don't want to make you have There's to guests. I, I, there could be. We can discuss it a little Grant, more. This afterwards. is the most you've ever cared about anything, guys. I'm happy to announce that in 2022, Danny and I will finally learn the importance of watching Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> we're I'm, watching all the different versions. I'm announcing a new monthly series. Every month we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna watch a different Ernest property. I'm gonna force Danny to watch it, and we're gonna get context. I maybe we'll get guests. Oh wait, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. What did you think it was gonna be when you said the name? I thought you were gonna make us watch all the different versions of the importance of being Ernest. No, I've watched several, and they're not. That's to which I had it. to say, you would have to watch my high school's version of the importance of being. Earnest. Maybe that's how we can end it. Oh no, <laughs> Danny, uh, we might have to. I could get the entire cast on. <laughs> that would on be awesome. Do you think we could do a live reading? But like, I yeah. could rewrite it so that instead of the character being Ernest, it is like it <laughs> it's is Jim Barney. Yeah, well, we can't get him. Unfortunately, he's dead. Oh, rip. Uh, but yeah, I I'm ready for this to happen. I'm okay. gonna. There's gonna be episodes on the commercials. We're going to do episodes on the movies. We're going to do episodes on the TV show. Ernest is a real blind spot for me. Same. I've never seen any Ernest property. And it's crazy to me that he was a commercial character that got that many spinoffs. Like, that just is kind of on. It'd be like if the Caveman show was so so successful that they're like, fuck it. We're sending the Caveman to Africa? If the entire. That's going to be a problematic entry from what I've already read about Ernest Goes to Africa. Well. Let's say if the if the entire test audience was my dad, <laughs> was he a big Ernest fan? No, no, I'm talking about for uh, Caveman. Oh yes, for Caveman. Oh, it's a cute show. Yeah, but so I, I wanted to announce that I almost was gonna. Do you well, have Do you have some guests lined up? I don't yet. have any specific lined up yet. 
But I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I can start putting the the, the feelers the, out. Feel the feelers out. I almost what I wanted to do was I wanted to play the banker theme from Deal or No Deal right before the coin toss, and then be like, I'm offering this in exchange <laughs> for any series you want to do. But then when I pitched. The idea of us doing one, and I said I would edit it. You said we can do literally anything if you yes. <laughs> if you disagree to edit. So we're just gonna do this in addition to me maybe winning the director thing. Now, Danny, let's hear your director. You want to hear my director? I want to hear your director. So here's how I approach this. Uh-huh. At first, I was like, I don't watch movies, and I hate them. So that's not true, Danny. Uh, that's a lie. I was at first. I was going with the. What is the shortest possible set of movies I could do? And Sofia Coppola almost struck me this morning. I almost wow. changed my answer because she has like she six movies. She broke in at 5 a.m. and almost hit Danny Maybe across the face. Maybe I should do it now that I know that A Very Merry Christmas is one of them. <laughs> We're going to have to watch A Very Merry Christmas. Uh, but instead, I approached it by saying, who is a director that is a huge blind spot for me that I want to get into, mm-hmm. but I almost will never do it on my own? Mm-hmm. And this will force me, especially if they have a longer filmography, this will force me to watch all the movies. Danny is now saying, Grant, you're going to be forced to watch like 30 plus movies. Grant, you are not forced to watch any movies. You watch 30 plus movies in a month. I know, but I'm going to feel compelled. But you you will watch all these movies by like March anyway. I know know you. We'll see. We'll see. It depends on the filmography. Let's hear it. My director is John Woo. That's nuts that you picked John Woo. Because here's my thought. My issue with a lot of the movies we've been watching is they all feel so fucking long. Yeah. They all feel, they all drag. They just feel so slow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who does movies that are just fucking action movies? Yeah. John Woo. John Woo does. And, now, and are couple, we doing all the Japanese movies? We're doing all, all of his all movies. Of them. Okay. So I think there are a total of like 35. Uh, Danny, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? But each one, each one of these two-hour movies is gonna feel like thirty minutes. I don't know if that's the case. And man. you want to know why? Because bullet time is real time halved. Think <laughs> about that. So my pick is John Woo, and it's it's John Woo. Hey, look, John Woo, nothing but gangster movies and slapstick comedies. I'm kind of into this. Mm, I don't know. He has a movie where he has. There's also a Mission Impossible movie in there. He has a movie where he ha- I me mean, has Face Off. Yeah, I love Face Off. It's yeah, a five star movie, in my opinion. He has a movie where I have he has a person playing Chinese Char- Charlie Chaplin. How cool was that? What? <laughs> and now you know. So, okay. Grant, who is your director? Yeah, you know, I've been flip flopping a lot on it. <sighs> I also was like long director, shorter director, taller director, wider director, director, wider director. <laughs> Deeper director. Deeper director. What? Where do we go? Where do we go from here? And ultimately, I'm going to go with someone whose work I'm familiar with, and I think we'll, they're still making movies, so who knows? Maybe even by the time next year, we'll have a new one to watch. I should have made it George Clooney just now. Maybe. No, I'm glad. Thank fucking God you didn't make George Clooney. I'm going to pick Paul Schrader. Ooh, okay. I've been meaning to watch more of his movies. Uh, every time I seem to get steal myself up to though i end up not watching them but i like a lot of his 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 co-writing uh credits so this is very interesting to me i damn this is so cool i was thinking about paul schrader recently Mm -hmm. and and about wanting to watch some of his movies so this totally works out for me yeah no look i i i bandied around a lot of names in my head uh but his is i don't know how long is his filmography he's got 20 some of the movies or maybe less than 20 movies 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. One, two, three, 23 movies. And some, I know he's had movies that like different. Those are cuts just directing, of, by the way. Different cuts have come out because he's had movies taken away from him. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a very interesting career, though. I, I uh, He's got the movie The it Canyons is, with James Dean and Lindsay Lohan, which is, maybe could have been just an episode of Bonafide Tastemakers. It is kind of crazy to me that as I'm reading all these, we are doing the movies he directed. And then if you look at the movies he did not direct that he wrote, I'm like, damn. I wish we were watching that movie. <laughs> nah, but he's got some. He's got some awesome directors. Oh, he does I want to totally. See, I mean, I always wanted to see Blue Collar. I hear Blue Collar is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, American First Gigolo. Reform- and he still makes movies that people consider good too, because people yeah. like First Reformed. I know Card Counter got some good buzz. I had a friend who watched it who didn't like it very much, but uh, I'm it's Oscar Isaac joint though. It's Oscar Isaac joint. I love Oscar Isaac. Yeah, he's a fucking hottie. All right, so Paul Schrader or John Woo. John Woo, yeah. All right. Do you want heads or tails? Tails. And are we? Am I doing anything where I catch it and I flip it over, or are we just like gonna let it fall on the ground? Or catch it, flip it. All right. Hold on. So you pick tails. I pick, pick tails. tails. All right. It's heads. We're going with Paul Paulie. Schrader. Paulie. Paulie. Yes. Damn. I'm still. I look. I'm down to watch the John Woo movie whenever you want to, Danny. Thank God. Because I like. I I love Face Off. I would. I've been meaning. I've had a copy of Hard Boiled over there on the the shelf. Yeah, kind of. I was just what I was very excited to get to. It was like Departed. Departed. Uh, you mean the? Does he not? I think he has a Chinese movie called The Departed. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. I didn't know if he did like the original version of Departed. Or... Oh, I don't know. I don't think that's actually based. I don't think they're the related films. No, no, no. I know. I just didn't know if he did Infernal Affairs, the movie that Departed is based on. Oh, did he? No. Well, I don't think he did. I saw. I just. I was surprised. I didn't know if that's what you were saying. No, but that'd be crazy. I don't. Think it would be crazy. Did. I don't think he did though. Um. Curious, actually. Never mind. The Departed isn't even one of his movies. There is a. There is also a Chinese movie called The Departed, though. That is okay. not Internal Affairs. Gotcha. Um. I was calling. I said. I it forgot that The Departed times. is based on Internal Affairs. Yeah, and I think those characters show up in The Departed too. Do they? I think. That's I thought crazy. like there's a deal where they're there or something. I don't know. I haven't seen The Departed since fucking high school. So. Damn. Okay. Well. All right. Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader. Kind of excited. I can. I don't. I, it's 23 movies. I can knock that out pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, I. I don't. I'm. John Woo's awesome, and I'll watch John Woo movies. But then I think about like. That's so many movies. I think Paul Schrader, at least, I think there's going to be a little more diversity in the type of movie, too. Yes, that's true. I mean, that's what That was the nice thing about Soderbergh, is like, man, really, you were not hurting for lack different of uh, movies, different yeah. synopses to pick from. That's true. Okay, well, anything else? This is kind of our last podcast of the year. Yeah, I don't know. Are you ready to exit the Soderverse? I'm ready to exit the Soderverse. Do you have another? I don't know. No, 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 he's going to go again. I was going to play the instrumental and... Damn. Tell him. Soderbergh told him. So anyway, yes. Uh, Ocean's Love is the greatest movie ever made. So thank you, everybody, for coming. It's amazing. Thank you thank for listening you for to Bonafide Taste Makers. for another year. Another year. Another year 2022. Well, first year, really, right? 2022. Hey, you're the hey. taste. 2022. Oh God, 2022. We're bringing Tasty back. We're bringing Tasty back. Yeah. yeah. All Schrader. Yeah.